Let's go. Let's go. We're back. We're live, baby. Wow. Episode 12. Once again, we're pulling up with a, another mad guest. Absolutely. We've got, we've got Zach Jones here. Everybody welcome him. How are we, guys? Because there was a live. Welcome. Yeah, give him a bit of a round <laughs> yeah. of applause, guys. I feel like there needs to be a strobe light with that intro. <laughs> yeah. I know. It's fucking sick, eh? Yeah, yeah He's yeah. done well, Dixon. Yeah, yeah, I made that too, which is, uh, yeah. which is cool. It's cool to own all your own shit when you're doing a... Uh, doing a podcast it's funny you run into so much problems with like um copyright and that we had to do a bunch of studying and stuff when we first started for like what we could have and what we couldn't like we do song recommendations at the at the end of the episode as well we just wanted to stay far away from like taking anything so that no one at any time in the future can come to us and be like you can't use this man i've had so much just issue pull that, pull that a little bit closer bro a little bit closer yeah that's um bit. yeah like TikTok doesn't recognize me as the creator of my own music. Yeah. And I don't know how to fix it. So whenever I'm uploading um, my own content, like my own promotional content, say, for example, I'm doing promotional videos prior to releasing my songs on on Spotify. and Because I upload through DistroKid, right? So it goes to all platforms. Yeah. But um, whenever I've done that, it then mutes all of my, all of my music. Right, oh, and yeah. I don't what? know. I don't know how to fix it. Yeah. So if I if I post a song, oh, right, a promotional so video for my it. song, yeah, um, and then upload it through DistroKid, um, TikTok goes back and then mutes it because it doesn't oh. recognize my account as the owner of of my music. It has been such a struggle. That's true. Like, and I don't know how to get. Uh, but all, all your music's acoustic, isn't it? Or I oh, know you've been rapping as well. Yeah. Oh man, my first album. Like, so you heard the acoustic version of Through Flames. Um, for those of, for those of the listeners that don't know, uh, I do public speaking, and so I met Ben Dixon. He was uh, at he goes to one of the local footy clubs that I did a, a talk at, and uh, I played one of my songs at the end. Yeah, um, and so that was the acoustic version of Three Flames. But on my first album, which uh, which we're looking at releasing very soon, um, I've got four singles out at the moment. But so man, there's everything on there. There's there's acoustic, there's rap, there's yeah. kind of singer songwriter, and then there's like real rocky kind of songs. Like there's two songs in the album, and I'm so excited for people to hear them break myself and in love with the psycho yeah um like in love with the psycho really has like blink 182 vibes it's crazy True. yeah um, sick. and because like, I, I just I, I i don't fit into a certain genre yet because it's just like man i just love making music whatever happens man I'd like yeah. I get in the studio and just see what happens yeah i think that's sort of almost how how like most artists are going these days it seems like every artist is is jumping to different genres these days that it's almost too hard to put yourself in that one box now because yeah. everyone just wants to, to be so creative and, and try different things. And I think it's really, it, it's awesome. Well, that, I'm that, feeling that too. Like the, with the music I make at the moment, I'm kind of, I, I, I got quicker. I like I sped up BPM and now I'm kind of ju- jumping genres a fair bit. And then like talking to Emad last week, I was talking about writing some rap beats with him yeah. as well. So like, I don't know. I, I just love it. I love the like, being adaptive with it and like yeah. trying new things as well. You're always learning something new when exactly. when you're like trying to learn how to make rap and then to make techno or to make trance or all like these different types. And of then things. blend them together too. I mean, we for sure we, we live in a world where we we're so spoiled for choice. You yeah. know what I mean? And I don't think the music industry is the same as it used to be, where you get people that just listen to one genre of music because we yeah. we are like just bombarded by so much. Hundred yeah. percent. People's attention span drop very quickly. You know what I mean? And so. I find it all the time, like I'll chuck on a certain artist, you know, like I love Pete Murray. I love Pete Murray. But after an hour of listening to Pete Murray, it's like, it's all that same feeling. And so mm. like, I'll get yeah. kind of bored of it. And I want to mix it up. Yeah. So yeah. like, 
you know, artists that are, are changing and chopping and changing, it's it's good, you know. What do you, what do you usually listen to? What type of music do you? But I'm a metalhead. Like yeah. I I am I am fully like an early 2000s emo. Yeah. Like, I, I, I grew yeah. up listening to like A Day to Remember The Used Bullet for My Valentine yeah. Slipknot yeah. Motionless in White I fucking like, love Slipknot so Yeah man So all of those All those kind of like Metal bands Like that It's Man My, my playlist at the moment Is just a pop punk mix And it's It's yeah. all of that Like from A Day to Remember The Used um, And I'm actually going to uh, Good Things on the 1st of December oh, next yeah, Friday. Nice. Yeah, fucking nice. Um, so like, yeah, I'm, I'm just a sweaty metalhead, man. I love it. <laughs> How good's that? Love yeah. it. So yeah, I like you said, I met you, it would have been a couple of months ago. Yeah. I come up and said g'day after hearing your story and offered the opportunity to come on. We actually, we were still very much in the making of this <laughs> yeah. podcast when I offered it to you. Have we even started then? I. Uh, Maybe we had like one or two episodes out. Yeah, I think we'd, we'd well and truly been into doing practices and stuff like that. We knew yeah. it was happening. Yeah, but we didn't get we didn't get this studio the way it is until like a week ago. <laughs> yeah, really, like two weeks ago. So and yeah, so this is episode twelve. So we've been we've been saving you till we could get this looking nice and we could get you in here to come in and uh, tell Dude, your story. I am, I am so proud of you, Benny. Like I got to say, you too spicy, yeah. But <laughs> Benny, when Thanks, I met bro. you, man, like you know, you come up to me and you shared some some real personal stuff. Yeah. And, um, you know, and I said to you, you know, you find your passion, find something to sink your teeth into, you know, and like, look at what you're creating, bro. Like yeah. you're really doing something yeah. and you're, you're passionate about it. You're really giving this a crack. Yeah. I appreciate like that, that. That is awesome, bro. So yeah. since I, since I last saw you, man, like look at the direction you've got. Yeah. For look sure. how far you've come. Yeah. It's super exciting. It's it super is. exciting. Yeah, and like f for Beige, I, I've had a lot of direction early days. I've always like tried to push with this type of stuff, mm. but even for Beige, like, being able to have direction now or to do something else that's different than the United oh, it's Flight. Awesome. It's super exciting. Because it, you, you, like, especially sort of, I don't really play any sport anymore. Um, it's so good to, because you kind of just feel like you have all this free time or me personally, and I just feel like I'm like wasting my time, 100%. not not working toward anything. And, yeah. you know, you, obviously I'm working and stuff, but you just, you need something else. You need to be doing something else. And now I'm sort of just starting to learn like, how to sort of edit clips and stuff and um i'm having a lot of fun with it it's it's awesome and then like by the end of it i look and see sort of how much i've learned each session and it's it's fucking sick and yeah, yeah even yeah looking forward to this every week and it's it get it's easy to get caught up in like fuck like i'm so busy i got all this work to do and then but when you take a step back and go fuck that's actually sick like episode 12 that's mad like, yeah we're, we're, we're on our way so no nah, it's awesome and yeah. that's the thing like man and I, like look as someone who battled with drug and alcohol addiction all through my my teenage years yet yeah, half of the problem was like i had too much time on my hands and i wasn't doing anything that like fed my soul you yeah. know what i mean and yeah. so um a lot of the work that i've done and i've really realized that where a lot of young guys go off the rails is their actions and their intentions don't line up, right? And a lot of that happens through, especially sports stars too. I mean, Benny, when I met you, you were pretty much like out for the season. Yeah, because yeah. and then and like I said to you, man, I go, look, you've just got to you got to find something to sink your teeth into. Yeah. Because especially for for sporty types, man, you know, when when a sportsman, someone who loves sport, can't play sport anymore, yeah. that has a big effect on their their self worth, right? And they'll oh, dude. they'll they'll look for an external remedy, yeah. for that that hole that that is in them and a lot, a lot of people turn to substances man oh for sure I, yeah. i've actually really recently just gone back through that all that again mm. like i had that prior to getting getting in shape and starting to get my my mind back in order 
recently, so when I just met you, I'd just done my knee, put me out for the season. I've just gone through the whole Rico. So I had five weeks on the couch and like, I was even telling my my mum yesterday, like, fuck, I feel so different now that I can start to do exercise again. I had these demons inside of me mm. when I was sitting on the couch where I'd get so fucking angry at everything yeah. and mm. frustrated. And then it'd come to Friday and because I could, like I didn't need to be fit to run around with the boys. I just drink so much piss on yeah, the weekend. Yeah, that's it. I come yeah. around on Monday and I was just fucking bag of shit again. So yeah, yeah. It's, and that's it. And that you get you get stuck in that cycle of, you know, you end up you end up living for the weekend. You you, you feel unfulfilled in in your day to day life, right? You're not doing the things that you want to do, and like you said, all of that that um that frustration turns to like anger, like pent up. Yeah. frustration and then so you go out on the weekend and you just write yourself off yeah you yeah. know what i mean and a lot of people get stuck in that yeah yeah you know it turns into it turns into well when we've got the pot i end up drinking on thursday and then friday yeah. and then saturday and then you've already drank three days in a row so you fucking <coughs> write <coughs> yourself on sunday as well. look and this is the thing you know and i don't i'm not i don't really drink anymore man um and it's not like you know like i'm, I'm against alcohol you know I, I even said in the presentation in my presentations i'm not i'm not anti drinking you know what i mean but it's you got to understand what you're drinking for yeah right yeah. you know like are you drinking a to blow off steam are you drinking because you're unhappy you know you're right now what you're doing is you know we're sitting down we're mates having a having a chat you're having a drink yeah. you know you're not you're not getting pissed and as long as you're not getting behind the wheel man like yeah, yeah you're yeah. allowed to drink you shouldn't feel bad about having the occasional drink you know? yeah yeah for sure so and i think drinking for. yeah i guess it's i guess it's learning a little bit of self-control i think and i just like as much as i get shit done having the ability to like have so like having self-control just like yeah. could be yeah. fucked some days but other <coughs> no. way we're learning we are learning we're so getting, we're getting better we're getting better and we're turning up at least and we're getting shit done which That's is it. good so yeah but yeah so let's get into your story like yeah, for what, sure. what you just said with um with the drink driving and stuff, let's just let's just start from the very start. Let's, yeah, yeah. And and let's let's start from the very start, as in like you was a, you was a young lad. If you yeah. if you're comfortable talking about prior to everything that happened before yeah. we get into your story, Look, I'm, I'm an I'm an open book, literally, man. So, um, yeah, you know, I uh, growing up, um, uh, my biological father left pretty much before I was born. So, kind of first three four years of my life, my mum raised me as a single mother. Yeah. Um, she met the man that I consider to be my dad. Uh, they got married when I was like seven, and but very quickly their their marriage and their relationship, um, for a multitude of reasons, just went downhill really quickly. Um, and we went from living in Park Orchard, just up the road from where we are now, uh, to living on an equestrian farm out and just outside of the Yarra Valley. Wow. Um, so an eleven and a half acre property, but it was ages away from everywhere, right? <coughs> and so, um as my parents' marriage got worse and worse and worse and worse and worse, um, they were kind of stuck together. Like they didn't really separate for about seven years after they, well, they didn't divorce until like seven to 10 years yeah, after yeah. they kind of separated, you yeah. know, to the point where they were living at opposite ends of the and house. Th and this is, this, this is your stepdad. Yeah, this is my stepdad, but I can, I consider him my real dad because yeah. he raised me. He actually legally adopted me when I was like four years old. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, he's the man who kind of, raised me and kind of shaped me into the person that I am today. Yeah. Um, and so despite the fact that uh, him and my mum have separated, like yeah. I'll always consider him my dad. Yeah. You know what I mean? It take mm -hmm. Are you guys, are you guys still tight now? Um, yeah. Look, I mean, he's, he's English, right? He moved back to England uh, when I was 18 years old. Yeah. Um, so it's been a few years. Yeah. So it's definitely been a few years. Um, 
we I, look. I don't. I don't speak to him half as much as I'd like to. Yeah. Um. But yeah, like going back to, going back to uh, when I was younger. So I was like really stuck on this equestrian farm, right? And my parents were just fighting twenty four seven. It was a really toxic environment. Um. And so like, I, and I was angry about it. Yeah. And so, um, that anger and frustration, I, I kind of blew off while I was at school. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, like I'd go to school like just just feeling angry and frustrated. And I'd literally be on the bus on the way to school, right? This is like year seven and eight. And I would be thinking of ways that I can piss my teachers off and I can fuck with them to make them feel how I'm feeling. Yeah, I yeah. want them to be so wound up that they want to break stuff. Yeah, that's yeah. what I was doing. I was just running around the property, just breaking stuff, you know, yeah. like... Um, and so, yeah, I, I really disengaged from school very quickly. And, um, you know, year seven and eight, I, I was just like, I was an absolute terror. But, you know, all of that, all of the acting up that I was doing when I was in year seven, like I was just hurt, right? Mm. Yeah. And so rather than... Just hurting. Just hurting. Time. I was just like a hurt kid. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that's important. Like a lot of those kids, you see that all the time. Yeah. Like, and, you know, people sort of go like, oh, you know, he's being stupid yeah. or he's attention seeking or why yeah. is he doing this stuff? But they don't realize it's just a it's, bad kid. Yeah. 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 They don't label you as a bad kid. But most of the time it's because they've, you know, they've got shit going on at home. Or I think, got you, some I think you, with. you see that relationship a lot as well. I've been very blessed with the family that I've got, but to see a lot of our friends or people that we know have, have got family homes like that as yeah. well so mm -hmm. like it, it's definitely one of those things where nature and nurture like mm. where where you are growing up can have such a fucking massive yeah. influence on you especially early days when you're growing up yeah and like yeah. I'm gonna, and i gotta say this yeah like both my parents like my mom and the guy i consider my dad yeah and i'll just call him dad from now on just for the sake of it, yeah. yeah just um they are both phenomenal people yeah right they've only ever wanted the best for me yeah but yeah. and this is a thing yeah um you know, you really can just get with the wrong person. Two yeah. two great people can get together and just bring the worst out in each other. Yeah. That's that's some relationships just do that, you know? It's not yeah. it's yeah. not through anyone's fault. Yeah. You know what I mean? But so I um yeah, really hurt angry kid and I was looking for something to to make myself feel better, to try and to try and put a wedge between me and how I was feeling. And so like I've been a musician since I was since I could like stand. In fact, the day that I fell in love with music and performing was my parents' wedding. Yeah. I got up on the the bridal table at the wedding and I sung Justin Timberlake. Wow! Like, it feels like something's heating up yeah, yeah, yeah. with you. Yeah, and sick. I had the whole crowd going. I was like seven years old. Yeah, I was right? gonna say. And I'm sitting young. there just rocking the mic and I loved it. And man, like you know, seeing everyone jam out and um and just enjoy it and like you know and really get into it like I just I fell in love with performing yeah, yeah. there's no better um, feeling with, than performing there's not and so like literally from I think it was like a week later I wrote my first song when I was like seven years old oh, um, really yeah like dead set and so I've loved music since I was since I was like a kid like a baby that's um, awesome and so yeah you know and going through school right um, being a being a short skinny kid with a high pitched voice right the paint's a target on your back, yeah? Yeah. You know, it's very easy to pick on. Yeah, you know, yeah. Kids, kids are horrible to each other, yeah? Kids are fucking terrible. So, yeah, you know, it, you know, on top of all the stuff that I was going through at home, um, you know, I was already an outcast at school, you know, again, I listened to like emo music. I had a fringe. I used to wear colored contacts and stuff. Like, I stood out like a sore thumb. <laughs> like, you know, to some degree, I brought it on myself. I can honestly say that, yeah? yeah. yeah. Um, 
You do that as a kid. Yeah. It was very. That was very much in at the time, though. Yeah, hundred percent. But honestly, not around my like, not around my peers growing up. Like everyone was sitting in like Taylor Swift and loved Twilight and Justin Bieber and like. <laughs> that was me. Not me. Like yeah, I'm I'm listening to, like Sleeping with Sirens. Yeah. yeah. Like just no one gets it. Yeah. Um, just, so, just twist this, twist this mic like towards you a bit. Yeah, there we go. Uh, oh, just drop. Yeah, she's just, a bit floppy. Just drop it a bit. Yeah. <laughs> Pull her down Yeah that'd, yeah. Be, that'd be right Better right. Yeah that's better it's Beauty just, Yeah that's way better Um, Alright and so Yeah so I'm Kind of starting to get bullied at school I'm unhappy at home And I'm really looking for something To, to try and make me feel better And I don't know why But I actively sought out Drugs and alcohol When I was young Yeah right? And so it started I was stealing um, Booze out of my parents Liquor cabinet at home And stealing my dad's cigars Um, Yeah and so You know I'd go to school And I'd drink and I'd smoke And I'd get in trouble And I'd getting fights and get suspended and get detentions and you know eventually that all turned into getting expelled and when I got expelled from my first school um like I was really like I just at that point like I didn't didn't really care anymore yeah um and so me getting expelled from school just picked up at like a rate of knots yeah, um, yeah. pretty much every school after that I wasn't there for more than two terms yeah yeah, yeah. um so uh yeah and I mean plus you, you jump it around so much and I think Having a good friendship group yeah. early days can be massive as yeah, well. Really important. Yeah, yeah. See, I never, I never had that, and I felt so disengaged. Like I felt like I was like half in and half out of the matrix. This is dead. Say how I felt when I was growing up because it was like every school I'd go to, I'd see the same kind of things. I'd see the same kind of clicks. You know, the popular kids. You know, the stuck-up girls, the sporty types, yeah. the misfits. Yeah. You know, and I'd see all these these different kind of demographics of kids growing up yeah and it was like it was the same everywhere i went yeah same teachers you know you've got like the the absolute nazis you've got that one teacher that like really gets you and like understands what you're going through yeah, yeah. and like you've got the by the book teachers and, uh, and so it felt like i was like in this groundhog day every school i went to yeah, everywhere i went yeah. i was like experiencing the same thing um but so i was actively seeking out drugs and alcohol at this point um and pretty much the second that i found weed yeah like i was a really high energy neurotic kid Right, like always going, always going. And so the second I found weed, it was like, you know, I smoked it and and all that racing stopped. Slowed down. You know, yeah. slowed down and it immediately put a barrier between how I was feeling and and myself. Yeah. And so in my head, right, as a young kid, I'm like, oh, this is the solution. Yeah. You know, and I became one of those like um, weed preachers, you know, like talking about like, oh, you know, weed's just this miracle thing. It fixes all problems, da, 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 da. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and so I was, I just, I, I'd smoke weed 24 seven. Um, and um, man, I latched onto it so quickly. And so as a young person, I thought, yeah, this this has fixed my problems. Um, but I mean, look, all drugs and alcohol, and I can say this confidently, yeah, I have done drugs and alcohol i have pushed it as far as a human being can yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and so i can honestly say from a from a point of uh lived experience no amount of drugs or alcohol fixes your problems i have fucking tried yeah, yeah. I, I have fucking tried yeah, yeah. Absolutely. um and so yeah like me running around um i'm still getting expelled from schools i'm still getting bullied for my music in fact pretty much once once i once i found um drugs and alcohol mu- music has always been my outlet right mm-hmm. um but to, for my only outlet and my only form of self-expression to bring me so much like pain and insecurity and, and drama, you know, like any, like I went to boarding schools. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, the first boarding school I went to, you know, I'd get up and I'd sing 
like every single assembly, you know, like I was, I was really popular with the girls. And then the guys that I was boarding with, man, like they just used to rip shreds out of me. Anytime I pick up my guitar, I was a faggot. I was gay. I was yeah. this, I was that, you know? And, you know, you can have crocodile skin to a certain point, but when you eat, shower, shit, go to school with the people that are bullying you, yeah. man, that's insidious. It gets into you. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. so, yeah, it got to a point where I couldn't pick up my guitar. Like I couldn't, I couldn't even literally grab my guitar and tune it without the boy. Oh, here we fucking go. Yeah, Zach. Yeah, yeah. Mr. High yeah. Pitch Singer over here. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so kids are fucking yeah, cunts, aren't they? You know, and and we they they don't understand the damage that they do. You know. Um, yeah. Yeah. But so I, I ended up hating. Uh, performing in front of people and so I gave the music up and pretty much as soon as I gave the music Damn. up that was my outlet right yeah. my outlet became drugs and alcohol yeah yeah right that was how I dealt with things so yeah and once once that happened um, you know I started hanging out at stations I started committing crime and because at the end of the day you know like I said like no amount of drugs and alcohol fixes your problems when when you're constantly smoking weed or you're doing drugs and you're drinking you're not actually dealing with anything Mm-hmm. Right? All you're doing is running from your problems. It's literally what you're doing. Yeah. And so all of that internal hurt, all that trauma, all those demons that I'm running from, yeah, they're just building up inside. Yeah, right. Yeah. And so it starts manifesting itself in different ways. Yeah. You know, I start committing crime. I start, you know, getting arrested for criminal damage. And, um, you know, like even when I was like 16, I, I was banned from Eastland when I was 16. I was banned from Eastland and I was banned from Knox. I could not enter. I couldn't even go to the bus bay, right? Security would come and kick me out. Yeah. And so what I'd do, man, is I, I'd just go in there. I'd get security's attention. I'd just run them around the shopping centers. Yeah. <laughs> I used to call it taking the pigs for a run. Yeah. Yeah. I would make these fat security guards chase me around all day yeah. just because I was bored and it was like, I just want these. Something to do. I yeah. want these guys to struggle. Yeah. 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 You know, and um, it's funny looking back at now. Like It's easy to laugh at that, yeah, but like I'm at this point, I'm really plummeting down a slippery slope. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. Um, you know, I'm hanging at stations every day. I'm, I'm kicking it with gangs. I'm, I'm yeah. Just committing crimes. I'm just doing everything wrong. Um, when my parents finally split, uh, my mum moved to like Ringwood, not far from here. And, uh, uh, my dad, my dad went and lived elsewhere. And, uh, you know, to go from living in the countryside where I can't go anywhere. Like it was like eight K's to the nearest bus stop. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, to go from that to where I had a bus stop over the back fence. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, There's your ticket. Yeah. My, my parents couldn't keep me at home anymore. Yeah. No yeah. one could tell me what to do. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's it. I just went off and did my thing. I was couch, couch surfing. I got on the hard drugs pretty quickly and I, I like, you know, I got on the meth and stuff when I was like 16 and um, yeah, you know, I was just, just writing myself off. Um, and so look, my mum always had a, and this is the thing, my mum's a grouse person. You, you've met her, Ben. Yeah. Um, you know, she had one rule, man, growing up was just don't do drugs in the house. No drugs in the house. You're not allowed to do drugs. And then you just don't do drugs. Right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that was the one rule that I was not willing to play by. Yeah. So I, um, you know, mum, mum kicked me out. And cause that was the thing, like, again, angry kid, you know, I'd break stuff around the house. I'd kick, kick doors off hinges. And like, I was just a little brat, man, you know? So, um, you know, mum couldn't keep me at home. I wouldn't want to stay home anyway. So I'm couch surfing and I'm getting in trouble and I'm, dating like psychotic women and um yeah i'm getting arrested every other week and it, it got to the point where because you know because i'm under the age of 18 every time i get arrested they have to call a parent or guardian yeah. Oh, yeah so my mom is having to leave work like twice a week to come pick me up from the police station <sighs> sit through an interview take me to court yeah this and that she lost a couple of jobs yeah because wow. she was it made her that unreliable yeah she just up and leave you know yeah, and because yeah. she's a caring mom she always put me first she, yeah she had to do she it. was always there yeah, you know yeah. what i mean 
Um, and so that cost her jobs. And, you know, in my presentations, I, I do, I talk about the consequences other people face yeah. as a result of your actions are always worse and yeah. they're always more severe because yeah. they're undeserved. Yeah, yeah, for sure. 100%. And so I'm, I wasn't seeing it at the time, but in hindsight, you know, I'm my actions and the way that I'm living is already having a consequence on the people around me. Yeah. So look, fast forward a couple of years, I'm... Uh, I'm 22, like I am. So this is, this, is, this is after high school. Yeah, so, you know, I was pretty much from the age of 16 to 18, I was just, I was just a druggy man, just a little druggy crim station rat. Did you, you, did, yeah. you did you drop out of high school? So pretty much I got expelled from about eight schools, right? Yeah. And um, attempted to do year 11 twice. Yeah. Um, just because my mum really wanted me to, to get my VCE. Um, but I just kept getting expelled and I hated it. I absolutely hated school yeah. by this stage. Yeah. By the time I was 17, 18, I couldn't be fucked. Yeah. I, I, um, I was so over school that, yeah, you just couldn't keep me there. And so um, at two different schools, you know, I went, because I ended up getting held back because I'd missed that much school in between being expelled and whatever. Um, so I finished year 10 twice. Yeah. at two different schools yeah. and started yeah. year 11 twice at two different schools. Fuck, got yeah. expelled both times, right? Yeah. And after the second time, it was actually Heathmont College. That was where I called it quits. I'm like, no, nah, I'm done. Yeah. Got expelled from Heathmont College, got told that I'm never allowed to set foot on school grounds again because I nearly punched the teacher out. <laughs> um, yeah, and so after that, I was like, yeah, I'm done. And so I started working and whatever, but I was just doing it so I had money for drugs and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so now I'm... So how old are you when you when you get out of school? Uh, I was like eighteen. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I had I had my car and license. Um, obviously not very long because um, I crashed my first car. Um, yeah, drunk and stoned um, in Ringwood, probably about two months, three months after I bought it. Yeah. Mm. And I was back to buses and. Um, but yeah, so. So at this point in time, you're just full of against the world right now out of school oh, yeah, yeah again and like i am i am like a, just a burden to society at this point yeah? yeah um and this is the thing you know like you will see you can go out to any station you will see you know a hundred people right that are that embody exactly what i'm describing to you right now yeah, yeah. that is just yeah. that is just like a shit kicker a, a troublemaker a drug addict and like this is the thing yeah it's very easy to look at that person and go man what a fucking loser yeah 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 but um like again, I was just hurt, hurt person. Yeah, I think I think I think the saying "burden to society" is like it's such a hard one because like society is isn't that community in a way. Like mm. as much as you do the things to yourself, and you do got to learn a lot of those things in early days to be able to grow and stuff. It, it's so hard calling yourself a burden to society. People had other circumstances than yeah. what you did. And yeah. I think that's the hardest thing. Like if I ever look at somebody who looks like they're struggling in that form, I feel like people always got to remember like they, some people didn't have it the same as what you did. 100%. And Everyone, everyone's battling something. Yeah, right? yeah, sure. And so look, at the end of the day, you, you can't like look at them and go, oh, they just need help. Sorry. Yeah, it's a really it's a really complex issue because you you can look at people like that in two ways. You can look at them as like like wastes of space, or you know you can look at them as hurt people. But at the end of the day, it's it's all on them. And right, I can sit there and call myself a junkie and and a loser, and it makes people uncomfortable sometimes that I can sit there and say like I used to be a junkie. I was I was a junkie. Mm. Um, and yeah, there's always factors behind why people are like that. So you 
it always helps to look at them with a touch of compassion. Yeah. Right? But at the end of the day, they've got to help themselves. Yeah, yeah. So I think it's like, it's so much harder, especially when I remember I was in high school and used to go over to the local station after school or go to the, go to the shopping center and you'd always see that same crowd. And I know we definitely sort of, we're, we're quick to judge them and, yeah. you know, that was me. say shit behind you, their you back. You were probably looking at me, man. I swear. <laughs> yeah. Wrong yeah. side of town. But it's, but. Uh, it's, especially at that age, you don't, you don't even think about it could be because there's something else going on with them. But I guess at that age too, you probably don't fucking know how big and bad the world is as well. Mm. I honestly didn't even really know about like mental health and shit like that when Dang. I was, when I was in high school, it's all sort of within the last six or seven years. So it's. Yeah. It's, it, yeah, it's crazy. So like, yeah, fast forward to like when I'm like 21, right? Um, yeah. I'm actually living in uh, my mum's rental property. Um, you know, I kind of convinced her that I was back on the straight and narrow. And, you know, I I'd, I'd, we started a family business that ended up going under anyway, but I'd kind of redeemed myself and shown them that like I'm a hard worker and I, I do want to like, you know, be successful someday. I'm still smoking meth every single day and just... What, being a loser but what job did you have at the time um so we were running a uh like a traditional british fish and chip shop right so like True. a family restaurant yeah and uh yeah like it was going really well um you know me and my dad ran it my dad got really sick and so i ended up running it um but we went into business with the wrong people and like it just it didn't end up working out the business went under yeah um and so at that time when when we were running running that business, I was actually living with my dad in Ringwood. When when the business went under, my dad's like, right, me and your mum are split up. Business is done. There's nothing in Australia for me anymore. He jumped on a plane, went back to uh, went back to England. To England, yeah. So my mum had a rental property and she's like, look, you can go live there. Um, and so I did. Um, and I moved in there on like the 9th of November, 2017. And pretty much man the house just became a trap house like almost immediately mm. uh i was just this, I was, is, this is without the father figure around yeah, yeah. And, and, and it's interesting like you know and i'm not i don't blame him yeah but so kind of when he moved back like i really went off the rails yeah right? okay um so what so, did he oh sorry when he moved yeah. back to yeah so, so like have you ever yeah. seen breaking bad yeah yeah all right so you know kind of when jesse has that house and he's going through it after that that chick dies and he, yeah. there's just constantly a party at the house. Yeah, yeah. Right? There's just constantly people there. He doesn't want to be alone. He doesn't want to be alone with his thoughts. Mm -hmm. that, that was what that property became for yeah, me. Yeah, okay. Right? Um, and it was. It was really dark, you know? Like, the house was trashed and... Yeah. Um, where, where where was the house? This was in Bayswater. Bayswater, right? yeah. And so, it was like that. And I, I had this... I, I immediately moved this girl in with me and, like, our relationship was toxic and she was a nutcase, right? And I know it's a red flag when a guy goes, yeah, my ex is a psycho, but like, no, dead set, this chick was a psycho. She fucking threw kettles of hot water on me. She used to throw oh, knives damn. at me. She smashed every window in my house because I broke up with her one time. <laughs> Seriously, she went around yeah, with yeah. a hammer and a rock and threw rocks and just smashed every single window in my house. Yeah. Oh my God. Like, she, she was a different level. My, the girl the girl that I'm with at the moment, my partner, Hayley, yeah? Yeah. Um, me and Hayley have known each other for a long time, yeah? And... um. Hayley was dating a mate of mine. Anyway, they were over one night and uh, this girl was just going ballistic at me. She was being really horrible. And my partner now actually piped up and said, can you stop treating him like a piece of shit? Yeah. Right, can you actually just be nice to him? My girlfriend at the time smashed a bottle over a table and tried to stab Holy oh my fuck. Right. She was, was this she with, was, were they, were like on the gear at that point? Or was, um, was, I was. She yeah. was just a really bad drunk. Man, wow. She yeah. just, she was really bad. So she would have been fucking hurting in her own way for some fucking reason. 100%. Or whatever the fuck. Yeah. Absolutely. But, um, 
So, and that was the thing. Being, some people can be fucking nutcases. As some well. people are just for nutcases. Sure. Yeah. Fucking nutcases. Yeah. yeah. So, some people you you just can't justify that and be like, oh yeah, they're just hurting. They're just hurting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Got a broken bottle, man. Run. Yeah, I we've know. seen a few fucking nutcases around. We That's know it. a few as well. And so I think I think um and I reckon. When uh, when my song "In Love with a Psycho" drops, I think you'll have a good laugh at it. Oh, no, yeah, knowing okay. what you know, right? So what I've told you about this chick, you'll be like, "Yeah, we know who he's talking about. <laughs> we we know the psycho." Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um. But so yeah, and that's the thing. So I was in this horrible relationship, yeah, and I couldn't get her out. I couldn't move her out because we'd been together for for a certain amount of time. Do you think? Do you think you were at actually in love with her at, at that point, or do you think it was comfortable? It, a, yeah, a comfortable thing. Bro, I I um we met on like Facebook. Yeah. You know, and um we went on like two dates and then I asked her out and then we were in a relationship together. And so at that point in my life, I just didn't want to be alone. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I was craving love and I was craving attention. And so anyone that was giving that to me, you know, and, like, and I was surrounded by a bunch of losers and like, because, you know, but, I'd always shout drugs and alcohol and had a place to party. So everyone used to love coming and hanging out with me, but none of them were my friends. Yeah. So, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And next yeah. time you watch Breaking Bad and you see that, that thing like Jesse's just got all these people who don't even know him. Yeah. Over. Like yeah. that was, that was me. Right. Yeah. Um, but so because I was in this bad relationship, I was surrounded by um, like fake friends and stuff like that. Um, my mental health was just declining more and more rapidly. Yeah. And all of the drama between me and my girlfriend, I just turned to drugs. It was all I had yeah. since I was like 13, 14, right? Drugs and alcohol had been my crutch. Yeah. Right? And so now I'm 22. I've never once dealt with any of my issues like an adult. Yeah, like yeah. like a normal human being drugs yeah. and alcohol has been what I've relied on yeah. and so now I am at, the, at this point it's just fucking boiling over yeah, the top it's, yeah and everything's just just spewing out of me right and yeah. so um, yeah I turned to drugs and alcohol even harder like and like to the point like you know I, I, I'm, I'm injecting meth at this point right like a junkie yeah oh, wow. um, and so yeah one night the 9th of December so remember I moved in no sorry yeah, I moved in to that property on the 11th of November, 2017. Yeah. On the 9th of December. So, not even a month, right? Yeah. Um, had a bad day at work, did what I always did, got home, started smoking bong, started drinking. Got a call from a friend saying, hey, uh, we're going to a comedy show in the city. It was actually Shooter Williamson, right? Loose's Aussie bloke. <laughs> yeah, you know yeah, I've yeah, seen right? I've yeah. been to one of his shows before. Yeah, right? And so, they're yeah, like, yeah, if you can drive us there, I'll give you a spare ticket. Yeah. We went there had a bunch of drinks while we were there. Grouse show, you know. It was funny, man. And like, you always feel rowdy after listening to anything that Alex Williamson says, right? hundred yeah, percent. And so anyway, we're in the car on the way back. I'm already pissed driving home. Um, and, you know, swerving traffic, running lights, whatever. I used to just drive like my car, I stole it, you know, it was just a pelican. Um, <laughs> anyway, so we got back home and my girlfriend actually wasn't there, right? The psycho wasn't there, but her three friends were. Yeah, kind of just came came and went as they please. Some more fucking so, couch surfers in a way. That's just it. Jump, yeah. jumping. And so we get back to mine. Three girls are already there. We're we're half loaded, and um, on the way home, you know, we were saying to each other like, "We're gonna get fucked up tonight. Like we're gonna get so fucked up." Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. um, just that conversation. Yeah. And so we're really giving each other permission to write write ourselves off. Yeah. So we get home, and yeah, that's it. We're g up. There are chicks there. We get the music going. I light a bonfire in the backyard just doused backyard in petrol pretty much. I don't know how I didn't burn that house down. Um, yeah, we've got the music on, you know, we're drinking beers, then we're sculling beers, we're smoking joints, then we're smoking bongs, we're having shots and like, it just, 
the more the more messed up we became, like the more reckless we were. You know, we started breaking shit. My mate jumped through through my back door, right? I, I, well, not the back door, but I had a fly screen on the back door. Yeah. So you have the door, you have the fly screen. He just jumped through it for no reason. Like, just jumped through it. You know, yeah. took, took the door off the hinges. Like, we're getting got, becoming, loose. Yeah, got to that point of the night. We, yep. we polished off all the alcohol, right? And, um, you know, it ended with me and the guy who ended up being my front seat passenger just taking turns. We cracked a bottle of absolute vodka. Yeah. And we just took turns sculling it until it was empty. We both <sighs> spewed. He's fucking projectile vomiting everywhere. Fucking And hell. Um, he looks up as he's wiping like 150 proof vomit off his chin. Yeah. And he goes, we're out of alcohol. He's like, do you want to go to the all night bottle shop? Uh, and I was like, yeah, I had my keys in my pocket. Um, unfortunately, you know, drink driving had become a habit. Yeah, right? yeah, so yeah. I used to think like... Didn't even think twice. Didn't even think twice about it, yeah. Yeah. Um, the mate who we went to see Alex Williamson with, uh, as we were walking, as me and my front seat passenger were walking to the car, I go to him, hey, bro, do you want to come with? We're going to... And like, when I say like walking, like I was I was stumbling. Yeah, I, was, yeah. I was fucking wrecked, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Um, and he kind of takes one look at me. I remember the look on him. Like he, he kind of looks at me and goes, nah, nah, I'll wait here, right? Yeah. And I think you remember, I say in my presentation, like don't ever be that person. Yeah. Right, that's not a real friend. Yeah, right? yeah But anyways, yeah, that's sure. beside the point. Yeah, but that. But let's touch on that for a second. Yeah. For someone that looks at someone that's like fucking paralytic yeah. and he asks you, do you want to come with me? That's that point where you pull these fucking keys yeah. away. That's it. Like I've got my keys in my hand. Yeah. yeah. We've had to do that a few times because some, t- some boys get in that state and like you're so yeah. drunk that nothing you can say will change their mind. Yeah. And you literally, we will, we've like had that you've before. Had punch and, ons and stuff. Yeah. Like, like grabbing the keys. We've off had yeah, big arguments and yeah. we've just done everything we can to steal them and I've, hide them. And I think, th- I think throwing hands in that, in that circumstance can almost be the fucking last thing that you have to do yeah, with, yeah. with some people. I, I say it, man. Like, and I, man, when I give my presentation, you know, and I do, I say to people like, don't ever be that person. That's not what a friend does. Yeah. yeah. Um, I have, I've been that person to throw hands at a dude trying to get in the car. Yeah. Right? And yeah. I have, I've been that person. Mm. Um, do whatever you got to do. Man, it's dude, valid. that's it. If, if you're, if you got to wrestle your mate to the ground and you got to fucking choke him out or whatever, like, like to wrestle anyways, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Bro, but like, yeah, he'd be pissed off at you or whatever, but he's drunk. He'd yeah. forgive you in the morning. When you tell him, bro, you were absolutely sideways Shit, last mate. night. Yeah. You were going to kill someone. Yeah. He'll probably be like, yeah. And if he doesn't, then he's a dickhead. Yeah, 100%. Right? But you've done, sure. the, you've done the right thing. Because that could have been the last time that that dude ever saw me or... Oh, for sure. Or the four other people that ended up being in that car that night. Right? And the, the conscious of like yeah. letting... Of being like, fuck, I could have done something. Oh, yeah. That shit will eat you up fucking forever. Yeah. And yep. I do say this as well. I might as well touch on this. You know, when I said, you know, while we were driving back to my house from from Alex Williamson, you know, I was saying, you know, we were giving each other permission to get fucked up. You know, yeah. like we, were, we were saying we're going to push it. We're going to get absolutely blind drunk. You know, I do say this in my presentation. Like if, if that conversation instead of had been uh, giving each other permission to get as blind drunk as possible and act like idiots... Imagine how different the night would have been if while we were still relatively sober, it was like, all right, guys, if we start pushing it a bit too far tonight, let's just reel each other in, yeah. Mm. You know, let's just stay safe. No mm. no keys, no cars, mm. whatever, you know. If um, if before everyone's fucked up, you have that conversation, you give each other permission, right? We're just staying like, in the night. We're getting bunked yeah, in. That's it. And we're like, getting bunked even, in. That's even where it. you've had full arguments trying to take keys off somebody, yeah? yeah. If you had had the conversation, no, no cars, right? It's going to be a lot easier to take that person's keys because you're able to remind them even if they're drunk. Hey, remember we said yeah. no keys. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, you know what sure. I mean? Yeah. So, and that's one piece of advice I'll always give to everyone. Again, I'm not anti-drinking. Yeah. Get drunk with your mates, but yeah. look after each other. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Well, hopefully this story for a few of our 
target audience listens to this and remembers this conversation mm. and says this weekend when they fucking gonna go carry on they grab their keys and say you know what yeah. remember Zach yeah. remember yeah. worth Zach. it yeah think of me right yeah. yeah but so anyways he says nah me and my front seat passenger jump in the car and we're talking like a minute from when we just finished sculling that bottle of alcohol yeah <sighs> like our chins are still wet with vomit right oh. um, and what so is it it takes it takes Five it minutes. It takes five minutes. Yeah, it takes five minutes for new alcohol to enter your system. Right? Yeah. And I'm already blind drunk. I can already barely, barely yeah. walk. And you've just tried to polish yeah. off a whole bottle. No, we fucking... did. We fucking did. Yeah. We polished it off. <laughs> that's man. 100%. When I tell you, man, I've pushed it far. Yeah. yeah? Like, I, I pushed it too far. Yeah. Anyway, so me and, me and my front seat passenger jump in the car. All right, so there's two of us in the car. I turn the car on and I'm about to start reversing. Those three girls, they jumped in the back. They wanted to come with us. There's now five people in this car. Yeah, so you're in a full car now. Full car. Yeah. Right. I backed out of my driveway and actually backed into a car parked across the street. Fuck. Like that wasn't enough of a fucking indication that <laughs> I should not be behind the, the wheel of a car. Right? Yeah. Then, like we actually all turned and shared a look at each other and laughed. I drove off, right? And so as I'm driving, you know, I'm just, all that alcohol starts hitting me at once. Ugh. Right? I've, I've driven to the all-night bottle shop countless times. Yeah. Right? And... And I know my area so well. I've grown up this area my whole life. I was so drunk. I had no sense of direction. I had no idea where I was. Yeah. I couldn't differentiate streets, anything, right? Everything looked the same to me. I couldn't regulate my speed. I couldn't drive in a straight line. I had no idea what I was doing. Right? I was swerving. For, like, it was just crazy. Yeah. Right? You know that feeling of when you're really drunk, you lie down in bed yeah, and like you feel spinning. the room spinning around you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what it was like inside my you're car up. for me. Fuck. Yeah. Far out there behind a wheel in that state. And so imagine. from Bayswater... Right to the Mitcham Canterbury Road intersection. I don't know if you know that road where like Mr. and Mrs. Pizza is. There's a 7-Eleven, there's a church. Anyways, that's how far I made it, like 10 minutes up the road. And uh, I ran a red light because I was looking at... So my passenger was trying to give me directions. Yeah, where to go. Yeah, where to go. And he's too drunk to read the directions on his phone. Yeah. And so... You know, me frustrated, we kept missing turns. I looked down to see when we were turning next. And when I looked back up, I'd run a red light. My car was already airborne. Right, and I was flying towards a brick wall and like bang, like everything went black, right? Fuck. Oh my god. Five people in this car, yeah. Five people. And I was going at speed too, right? I was I was flying. Yeah. Um and yeah, look, I come to in the car and like it was it was a disaster. Like I, t- I talk about it um a lot in my presentations. Um probably won't kill the vibe that much of this, this podcast, but that's like it was, that, it was that, a, that's all right. We, we don't yeah. mind getting to the nitty gritty of no, uh, what, whatever you want to talk about, man. We're, yeah. we're, we're happy with it. We're happy yeah, to talk yeah. about it. Well, look, so I, I mean, I came to in the car and my first thought was like, what the fuck am I doing in my car? Yeah. Right? Like it was like black moment out. of clarity, right? Of being, like, of being like, like, where am I? Yeah. But just why, why am I in my car? Like my, yeah. my last real memory was being at home. Yeah, right? yeah. Yeah. And so I'm like holding the steering wheel. Yeah. And I'm like, why am I in my car? And it's dead quiet. Yeah, fuck. Right? And and I'm sitting there holding my steering wheel and I'm really out of it. But I'm looking at my dashboard and it's like all the lights on my dashboard are lit up. And I'm like, why, why is that? And then I look at my windscreen. My fucking windscreen's gone. Yeah. Look at the bonnet and the bonnet is like peeled open like a, like a sardine lid. And I look out my window and I'm actually looking at grass, right? And like suddenly I'm like, hang on. My car isn't on its four wheels. My car is practically on its roof, right? And it's like bent and like, yeah. So 
And I'm like, what the fuck? And I start hearing panicked voices all around the car. I'd, I'd driven through a brick wall of a retirement home, right? Through a car park into like this center grassy area. Right? And so I start hearing panicked voices around the car. And, um, you know, I start hearing people say, oh, we can't get this one out. We can't get this one out. And then I'm kind of like looking. And my front seat passenger is like, like over the top of the car. Right. Um, the, the roof of the car is like peeled open. Right. Yeah. And so like, I kind of tried to like pull myself underneath, like out the, the driver's side window. And when I did, he was laying over the top of the car and like, he was just leaking blood, yeah. like, pissing blood down on me. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. And, um, my legs were trapped in the car anyways. Yeah. Um, so you know, I kind of get back in the car and I couldn't get my seatbelt off or anything. And, um, yeah, so they're saying we can't get him out, we can't get him out. And like, I'm so ashamed of this, right? But so I, I do, I remember saying in my head, the reason they couldn't get him out of the car was because they couldn't get him out of his seatbelt. And I was like, just cut the seatbelt, just cut the seatbelt. I remember saying that. It makes, I still sit up at night and cringe the fact that I said that. Yeah. Um, the reason he couldn't get out of the car was because the whole front left quarter of the vehicle had collapsed on the left side of his body. Yeah. He was trapped from his ankle to his shoulder. Yeah. Holy shit. Right? They, it took them an hour and a half to cut him out of the car. Yeah, fuck. Right? He was a part of the car. Yeah, yeah. So um, he's gone, he's like, he's shot through on impact and then it's like crunch. So I, I think what's happened is I'm airborne, right? And I think whenever my wheels have touched the ground, I think I've tried to swerve and, and, and swerve out. out of the way of the wall. Yeah. And so I've swerved right. And I think that's why when I've, when I've hit that wall, I probably swerved so fast that the cars kind of started to flip but anyways it's I, I think I impacted with that brick wall oh, with yeah. the front left quarter of the vehicle yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah, and so I think that he took the brunt of the brunt of the force Yeah, that's just I, again I, I remember going through the air and I remember seeing the brick wall and then it was all black right it was, there was nothing do you know how long it was like until you crashed and then you sort of came to because no idea because you were saying that your last memory was in your house I wonder yeah. if you blacked out for like half an hour or who like well I was 10 minutes drive from my house right and I do I remember being in the car I remember backing into that car outside my house I remember being on the road and having no idea where I was and I remember my front seat passenger pulling up directions on his phone yeah right? I remember all that and then the last thing that I remember is and you know what's funny is I it's not funny what's crazy is I was dead certain that I was heading down Canterbury Road. Yeah. I wasn't. I was heading down Mitcham Road. Was it Mitcham or Baronia Road? Yeah, I was heading down Baronia Road. The, it was, so it was the Baronia Road and Canterbury Road intersection. Yeah. Um, and I didn't realize that I was actually going down Baronia Road until I was in a police station, right? And they were telling me, no, you. this is the way you were going. Because I was telling them the story. I was like, yeah, I was going down Canterbury Road and like next minute I look up and there's a brick wall. He goes, no, you weren't traveling down Canterbury Road. We've got you on footage. You were traveling down Baronia Road. Yeah. And so that's how that's how sideways I was. I didn't even know what road I was yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. And so yeah, my front seat seat passenger is like in a really bad way. He's bleeding really badly, and he's he's conscious, but he's making he's nothing he's saying is coherent. Yeah. It's just it's just rambles. Yeah. With yeah. Like rambling, right? Um. Plus, he's also fucking shit yeah. Faced he's as well. shit faced as well. Uh. And so like I haven't even thought about the three girls in the backseat at this point yeah right and um it wasn't until the SES got there and pulled me out of the car right and laid me down 
on the grass next to one of these unconscious girls. And like, bro, she looked lifeless. Yeah. She looked up. lifeless. And, uh, you know, like there was a TSC commercial when I was younger. And it was like this guy was, uh, he was pissed as fuck and he was driving his girlfriend home. Right. And he crashes the car and he kills her. And so the advert ends um, with him laying next to her dead body on the sidewalk and he's like screaming out, what have I done? And like, that's a deja vu moment. I had that exact moment Yeah. because when I saw this girl not moving, my first thought was like, what have I done? Yeah. yeah. I didn't mean to do this. Yeah. You know what I mean? And actually, I've I've skipped the whole part here. Kind of in between, like just after I had said, oh, you know, cut his seatbelt, cut his seatbelt, bang, our car gets blasted with a fire extinguisher. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. So there's, so there's there's people around. The impact yeah. has brought people out. Yeah. Like on the news report, like people said like there was just this almighty bang. Yeah. Like so it, it would have made a, like a fucking loud noise. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And so, yeah, this car gets blasted with a fire extinguisher. Everyone starts choking. All right. And me, and again, I'm mortally ashamed of this too. I start yelling out to whoever's blasting the car with the fire extinguisher. Not understanding the reason you blast something with the fire extinguisher is it's on fire. It's on fire, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Um, And we're all trapped in the car. And so I'm coughing, right, at this fire extinguisher and I'm yelling out to this dude, stop it, you're killing us. We can't breathe. Yeah. Me who's just nearly killed five people. The irony of of you yelling. That's still like, for the most, mostly I've forgiven myself for my crash, right? Yeah. I... I didn't for a very long time, but that comment still keeps me up at night because that dude was just driving past, happened to have a fire extinguisher in his car and stopped five young people from burning to death. Yeah. Right. And I'm yelling at him. Gnarly. So anyways, I, uh, you know, I have that moment of like, what have I done? Fuck, what have I done? There were some gnarly ass fucking TAC ads on the, (laughs) on the telly for a while as well. And I've actually added one of them. It's like, a big long TSC commercial goes for like four minutes. I put that at the start of my presentation now. Yeah. And so it's like a compilation of all of the ads of all the the different crashes and people getting hurt and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I think it's important uh, to show, especially even here in this, before you were saying, you're not sure if you want to go into detail. I think it's really important to to go into detail and and say how brutal it is because that's the reality of it, which people don't realize when they're drunk. But yeah. yeah. And like, do you know what's crazy is... So I was at uh, Sale College and I gave a presentation to like 300 kids. Um, and it was the first time that I'd used the TSC commercial at the start. And before I showed it, I said, I used to laugh at these commercials when I was younger. Mm. They used to just be a joke. Oh, look at the body flow through the air. Oh, you know, like yeah. look at this person go through the windscreen. Like yeah. there's, there's a real emotional disconnect mm. when you're young and you watch those ads. It's like, yeah. Because we're, we're desensitized to that kind of stuff. It's like, playing, it's like playing Call of Duty and shit. Yeah. yeah. And so, and I told people like, you know, I used to laugh at these commercials when I was younger, you know. Yeah. And the commercial played and I'm watching around the audience and I do, I see, you know, there's a scene where this bike, li- this cyclist gets cleaned up and I see some people chuckle over there and someone gets launched through a windscreen mm. and I see some people laughing over here, you know. Yeah. That I see that emotional disconnect that I had. And so when that, when that ended, before I actually started with my presentation, I said, it's easy to laugh at now but it's different when the person on that bicycle is your brother yeah. or your mum yeah. or that person flying through the windscreen is your best mate. Yeah, for sure. Or you're behind the wheel of the car and everyone was kind of like, whoa. Yeah. And that coupled with when my news report showed for my crash, it really hit, like kids ran out. Kids left like bawling their eyes out. Yeah. Wow. From that realisation of like they were laughing at it earlier to now like they're looking at my news report 
mm. and it's identical. Yeah. Right. Um, and that's been a really powerful thing to actually help them. Cause like, I don't, I don't believe in like scare tactics and like you're showing photos of dead bodies and stuff like that. Like that's not what I'm about. But when people saw TSA commercial, saw my crash, saw what my car looked like, they were like, fucking wow. It's real now. Yeah. It's real. For sure. Especially for, especially for a young mind. It's like, if it's fictional for them, like you say, they're just going to laugh at it. If, yeah. if, yeah. if some kids can play Call of Duty and fucking and kill, get desensitized kill, kill 40 people and it's not the same as if they were over, yeah. sit, like, over <clears throat> actually in the war, if, if they see like something made up in a movie of people dying or things like that, they're just going to think, oh, it's just... Mm. Yeah, just but now it's real. Yeah. And so I went to the hospital, right? They, they put me in the back of an ambulance and um, I, I woke up again in the hospital um, and like I was naked as the day I was born they cut my clothes off and there was just this air of hatred right in the uh, in the hospital room I was in yeah like, in the ward like, yeah. yeah like no one like the doctors and nurses were working on me but they, they just seemed angry and annoyed right yeah, yeah. and like I, I knew immediately why like I was a drink driver now yeah like yeah label you know they've got they've got so many other people that they need to be looking after but mm. now they're looking after me who's nearly killed five people tonight yeah right and they have to look after me it's their duty of care they didn't want to yeah and I've never felt so hated in a room before yeah mm. that's fucking and crazy. um you know I didn't know if everyone was alive or dead I didn't know the condition of anybody in the car no one had any answers it would have been so blurry as well like so much alcohol in your system yeah people um, bleeding and that crazy. and so you know I actually discharged myself from hospital the the next day um did you have any in serious injuries or anything? Or you? I, my face was full of glass. We didn't know that at the time um, oh. because my face was swollen. But so the doctors like had a look at me. A guy, he's just got cuts and scratches on his face. Um, and I, the next day I did get told that somehow everyone had survived, but everyone was at different hospitals because we all had really serious injuries. Yeah. Um, you know, my front seat passenger, um, he had a broken ankle, broken knee, broken femur, broken hip, broken ribs, broken wrist. Far out. Yeah, like, it's fucking crazy, eh? The the girls in the back seat had and like just a range of injuries. But one of the girls is actually at the same hospital as me, right? And I went and saw her and she was like a real sporty girl. Mm. Tall girl. Um, you know, she was doing real well. Um, and she had a fractured vertebrae in her spine and was like <sighs> millimeters away from never walking again. Yeah, fuck. And so I went and saw her. And like burst into tears when I saw her. Beautiful young girl. I've nearly destroyed her fucking life, yeah? Mm. And so I I left the hospital. I was like, the hospital needs to focus on these people, not me. Mm. And I just fell into a dark hole, right? So I, you know, I see I see this young girl and she's uh she's very nearly paralyzed, right? It was we're talking millimeters away from never walking again. Did you did you have a conversation with this girl? I did, yeah. Which, like, so, and so, so I, I, I walked up to her and, you know, I tried to give her a hug. She's in a neck brace and she Fuck. looks like she's, uh, she looks like she's been in 10 rounds with Mike Tyson. Yeah. Fuck. Were her parents in the room? Uh, well, it's, yeah, it's crazy you say that, right? So I got out of my hospital. They told me, like, one of the girls is at the same hospital as you. Yeah. And I was like, can I go see her? And they go, yeah. And she was one floor above me, right? So I'm at, uh, St. Vincent's Hospital. And, uh, so I chuck some clothes on and, I call the elevator and this girl was Sudanese, right? And the reason I say that is because when the elevator doors opened, there was this old Sudanese couple in the elevator looking very fucking sad. Yeah. And I thought, there's no fucking way. You're in the elevator with them right now. That's not their parents. That's not her parents. Fuck. I get in the elevator and again, my face looks like, 
someone's run a cheese grater over it. Yeah. So they take one look at me and they, they look at me and they just go, are you Zach? Fuck. And I was like, there's no fucking way. And I was like, damn. It, it is, it's, their, it's her parents. Damn. All right. And so what do you say to the parents of someone that you almost just killed? Yeah. That's what, do you, what do you say? Because I, I said, I'm sorry, right? Mm. And if I had a gun, I would have shot myself in the head because I just felt like scum. Yeah. And um, her dad was big too. Big yeah. dude, like seven foot Sudanese dude. Holy yeah. shit. Looked a bit hectic, right? Yeah. And like they just how, looked, old, how old were you at this point? I was 22. 22, that's right. Yeah. And so I... Oh, sorry, I was 21. 21 or 22. Yeah. Um, and, and they just looked at me like with pity. And so I said, I'm sorry. And I, I felt... I said, I'm sorry. And then like, I almost felt like apologizing for apologizing because mm. it just felt rude. It's not enough. Right? Yeah. It's not enough. So I, yeah, they looked at me and they did just they, said, did they say anything? Yeah. yeah. They just said, look, we're just glad everyone's alive. Absolutely. But they just looked at me with like, just pity. Mm. Like, yeah. Just like, look at this pathetic human being. Mm. That also, they'd also be thinking like, like, fuck, like, I, I know, I know like, what had happened but it's like what is about to happen to you as well like it's gonna yeah, be for sure um but so that was one floor in the elevator and that was the longest elevator ride of my life yeah that's mm. that that took like a year but so anyways they um they went in to talk to this girl first and i, I waited out in the hallway and you know after about 20 minutes they um they came out and said right you can go you can go see her and um yeah, so I turned the corner. I said, I just burst into fucking tears the second I saw her. Yeah, fuck. And, um, you know, immediately it was like, I'm so sorry. You know, I'm so sorry. And, and she's like, look, I, I got in the car with you. It was, you know. Yeah. You know, I, I chose to get in the car with you. I knew you were drunk. Mm. Um, and so she was very forgiving and understanding. But it's a great just, way to look at it. She yeah. probably could have done more as well. I guess, she, I guess she has to look at, at it. Yeah. Yeah. You have to. Because that's how it is. Yeah. Like she, at the end of the day... You make the conscious decision yeah. to get in a car with someone exactly that's Exactly right. For and like, sure. Look, I'm not about imposing more penalties on people, but I do think that if there was a rule in place where if you knowingly get into the car with a drink driver, like you're responsible as for well. that as well. Yeah, mm. for right? sure. And so I, I believe if, if passengers were held accountable as well, knowingly getting into the car with a drunk driver and not stopping that person... Yeah. Like, you can get charged for standing by and doing nothing while someone gets hurt. Well, it's almost yeah. as, it's almost in, even if you guys didn't get hurt, is if you went through the wall and hit somebody else yeah. or hit another car yeah. as well. Those people in the car, like, that's... Oh, it's an accomplice almost. You're an accomplice yeah. to, what, to what had happened. And, like, while I don't think that, you know, they should be, like, you know, charged or, or face jail time or anything, like, I, I do believe if... If there was some kind of penalty imposed on people like that, then I, yeah. I feel like it would be a good deterrent to not get in the car with a drink driver and not allow people to get. For sure, it's so true because if there was a deterrent for it, then those three people mm. are like, "I'm not getting in the car." Yeah, and I'm, then I'm the, not getting in trouble because you want to go buy more alcohol. And then the driver's going to be like, "Well, I'm fucking yeah. not going by myself." Yeah, so. well, that's it. It's almost like they just get in the car because they go, oh, "Yeah, at least I won't lose my license yeah, if he for gets sure. caught or something like that." But so. Look, I saw her and I felt absolutely horrible, right? And so I left the hospital that day. And, you know, again, like, I'm a junkie, mm. right? And so getting home, like, in the days and weeks after the crash, I still hadn't heard from police or anything at that point. Um, 
you know, TSC called me because my car was registered and everyone was covered by TSA. Um, and TSA was like, yeah, you know, we'll pay you and da da da. It's a it's a blameless organization. You know, it doesn't matter that you were drink driving. We'll, we'll cover you. You know, for loss of work and whatever. Oh really? Yeah, and I I refused the payments. Really? I, I refused the payments because I was like, I don't fucking deserve it. Yeah. yeah. So, I started working the week after I got out of hospital. I still had fucking, and because I was doing uh, construction and I was working in a nightclub. I was a I was a bar barman at a nightclub um, in St Kilda. Yeah. And so, yeah, I'm I'm. I'm at the bar that weekend and my face is like covered in band-aids and like there's cuts and you know, like my, my, my wounds are still like leaking at this point, you know? Yeah. Um, and so, but I, I fell into a really dark hole, right? So at this point in my life, I had used drugs and alcohol to deal with all my problems, you know, um, having a bad day at work, feeling angry, not yeah. really liking myself, all that kind of stuff. I was using drugs and alcohol for that. Now I had real problems. Yeah, I had PTSD. I had real self-loathing, real guilt, real shame. Yeah, um, I was I was in a really bad state mentally, right? And so for my whole life, I've used drugs and alcohol, and I'm acutely aware at this point in my life that drugs and alcohol led me to that crash. Drugs and alcohol nearly killed me and, and four people, right? Yeah, but it's all I have. Yeah, mm. it's all I have to cope with it. And so I had this like real like internal conflict between knowing that drugs and alcohol led me to that crash but it's 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 only yeah it's the only way i know how to cope with it yeah right and so that fell into a really dark hole um you know and i got a call from the police one day going look you're gonna have to come in and have a chat to us and you know and i did and they they charged me with like 28 different charges it was like fuck four counts they they charged me with one count of reckless conduct endangering life and one count of negligently causing serious injury per passenger all right Driving under the influence, driving in a matter that's dangerous, all these different charges, like 28 charges all up. And um, reckless conduct endangering life and negligently causing serious injury are two very big charges. Both of them, each charge carries a maximum sentence of 10 years. And Fuck. I had like 16 of oh each. Oh my God. Fucking hell. Like, so, uh, two, four, six, eight. So, yeah, I, I had, yeah, four, four charges. Um, each of um, reckless conduct endangering life and negligently causing serious injury so like at this point I'm like I'm fucked I'm going to jail for the rest of my life yeah mm. um, but I was on bail for 18 months after the crash before I finally was sentenced and man I just yeah I, I, fuck I 18 off, months yeah I fell fuck off me. I fell off the, the face of the earth mm. um, I actually got remanded at one point because I got caught um, I got pulled over by police one day and they found a karambit and like a gram of ice. And so they breached my bail and I, I spent a month in Ravenhall um, before I was uh, rebailed. Um, and so at that point, I already kind of knew what I was in for because I'd, I'd done a month in jail, um, which was pretty ugly. Um, and like, look at this point, like I, I even remember my, uh, me and my mum kind of got back in contact right before I went to jail for my big whack. Um, and she said, you know, like, how are you feeling about going to court and I was like look I just want it over with so you I knew I was going to jail you've moved out of the house at this point so, yeah yeah so you're not yeah. in contact with so, your mum that much or nah so her and me you know I and because again like when I was dating this psycho girl you know like I, I chose this girl over my mum and mum really didn't like her and for, for many obvious reasons and I, yeah. I chose this girl over my mum and um, you know in at the time it was like my mum was the worst person in the world yeah yeah mm. um, 
But so, yeah, I remember her asking me like a week before I went to court. She's like, you know, how, how are you doing? And I go, I just want this over with. Like, I just want to get charged. I know I'm going to jail. Yeah. Just, yeah, it would start. almost be worse sort of dwelling on it. And yeah, because it's like in, in my head, head in my head, I feel so bad. Like I feel like I need to be punished and I was punishing myself. Like, um, you know, when I left hospital, I didn't know my face was full of glass. Right. But when all the swelling went down, all of a sudden, like I could feel all these hard things in my face and I, I'd, I'd go to the bathroom, I'd turn the light on, right? And I could see like shit reflecting in my face, really? like little pieces of glass. Mm. And rather than go to hospital, I, I used, I dug it all out myself yeah. and eventually stuff healed over, right? But it felt like there were needles in my face. And so I used to just slice it all open with, with a razor blade and pull, pull all the glass out with tweezers. That's what all these scars here are and here and up here and Fuck. all there. That's what all that is. Um, and, and that, yeah, that's, so you, that's I, you punishing yourself. Yeah, it was, well, I was though. punishing myself. It was, uh, it was self-harm at that point, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, I used to self-harm when I was younger, you know, I used to fucking cut my wrist and shit. You can't really see it anymore because I tattooed over it, but, mm. um, battle scars. Yeah. Well, fuck, yeah. You know, um, but so, you know, I'd cut my face open. I'd pull as much glass out until my face was just covered in blood and then, I'd let it all heal and then I'd do it again and do it again and I'd do it again and I'd do it again. And, yeah. you know, and I'm on the ice as well, yeah. yeah. Right. And so I'm already like fucking cooking it, right? Yeah. yeah. So getting I, as I, much glass out as yeah, you can. Yeah, I'm, 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 cutting, I'm cutting into my face thinking <laughs> that there's glass where there's no glass. Yeah. And I'm digging oh around with God. like fucking knives and shit yeah. in, my, in my face. Yeah. Um, you got it out quick though, huh? Mate, the last piece of glass that I pulled out was when I was in jail. Yeah. So we're, we're talking... Really? We're talking probably two years after the crash mm. and I had a big boil on the side of my face, right? And it felt really hard. And, um, you know, I, I actually put in a note to go see the doctor in jail, but, you know, after two weeks of waiting, I hadn't heard anything back. I was like, fuck it, I'll do it myself. Yeah. And so I dismantled a shaver and pulled one of the razor blades out of it and I just sliced it open and I squeezed it and like there was just this filthy pus that came out, but there was a long piece of glass in the middle of it too. Oh, really? Yeah. And um, even 12 months after the crash, so... Pretty much, I crashed my car the 9th of December, 2017. 2018 Christmas Day, I was um, at this chick's family's place and you can see right there, like there's like a bit of scarring there yeah. and that, it had like this fucking pimple that used to pop up every once in a while and I, I thought maybe it's glass, but because I used to feel it while I was working, it was like stabbing. Mm. Anyway, Christmas Day, come up in a pimple and I just squeezed it like that and like a piece of glass shot out oh really you know Jesus. so it was like yeah, it was everywhere all, all, up, all up this side of my arm under here again you can't see it because i've tattooed over a lot of it um but there's all these all this scarring and stuff that was just glass was that on purpose tattooing over it not really i mean like that's the thing like tac said to me like we can give you we can pay for your plastic surgery to get your scars covered up and i, I knocked wow. it back yeah because mm. like i wanted uh, when i looked in the mirror i wanted to look at the shit that I did. Yeah. Like I wanted all this as a fucking reminder. Mm. Right. Mm. Um, so every time I've thought about getting it covered up and getting my scars fixed and whatever, I'm like, no, nah, you know what? Like I fucking deserve to wear these. Yeah. Yeah. Because all of my injuries, right. Mm. I come, I come off the best in the car. Yeah, I had a bit of glass. Yeah. We're talking, people had like, you know what my passengers injuries were now. Yeah. A girl in the, one of the girls in the back, fractured vertebrae. One of the girls in the back had uh, severe head trauma, internal organ injuries. You know, the other one, broken bones and whatever. You know, like, I come off the best. Yeah. Right? And yeah. so, and I did, I punished myself. But so, yeah, when it come, when it come time to go to court, I, um, I walked in court and I've been to court many, many times before. And, you know, oh, I'm so sorry, Your Honor. Won't happen again. And, you know, I'm in the county court now. 
And so I went and sat up the front of the courtroom and my lawyer tapped me on the shoulder and goes, no, 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 you've got to sit up the back in the dock. And I was yeah. like, what's the dock? And what the dock is, it's like this gated part at the back of the courtroom and you sit between two guards. They're going right? to take you away. Yeah, you know, you're, you're, you're not leaving the same way you came in. Yeah. Right? yeah. Did you, had you mentally prepared for that when you got there? Do you know that was going to happen? Well, no, because I'd never been to county court. Yeah, I knew yeah. I was going to jail. I just had no idea in my head how it was. And part of me was still not understanding that, like, I'm going to jail today. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, so part of me still thought that I was going to leave out the front door, yeah. you know? Um, but so when you're in the dock, they don't refer to you by your name. They actually refer to you as the prisoner. Yeah. Because at that point, you were in, in, in state custody. Yeah. Fuck. So they're not even calling me Zach. They're not calling me Mr. Jones. They're, they're referring to me as the prisoner. Yeah. Right. So I'm like, yeah, fuck, I'm fucked. Yeah. So demoralizing to hear. So shit like that. Um, we go through the whole court proceeding and prosecution recounts everything I did, and they they list victim impact statements and and witnesses and and everything like that. And at the end of it, the judge pretty much stands me up and he goes, "Look, Mr. Jones, the only the only sentence that I can impose today is a term of imprisonment." He goes, "I just can't decide right now how long I want to give you in jail." Yeah. And he said, "So I'm going to remind you into custody for two weeks, and you'll come back in two weeks." while I decide on the sense I'm going to hand down. Fucking I was let out. Weeks. Yeah, I was let out the back of the courtroom. I was taken down to the cells underneath the county court house. I was strip searched um, and I was taken to the map and then I was taken to Port Phillip Prison. Fucking one of the worst prisons in Victoria. Yeah, Arguably fuck. the worst prison in Victoria. Yeah, right? it's fucked. The first person I spoke to at Port Phillip was a murderer. Stabbed his wife to death. Fuck. Oh, right? My neighbor was doing 13 years because he lit someone on fire. Just didn't like the guy. Lit him on fire. <laughs> I'm around bad fucking dudes. What yeah. is it like going in there? Like, so you get strip searched. Yeah. They they give you your clothes, and then you just get sort of shown to your cell, and yeah, pretty much. So like, yeah, what happens is like, wouldn't it be shown? Strip, you'd be fucking strip you'd be, searches. <laughs> you'd be yeah, taking yeah. you in there. Strip searches are fucking degrading. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm, oh yeah. I've like you you stand in front of you stand in front of two guards. Yeah. Yeah. And you lift up your balls. You pull back your foreskin. You spread your butt cheeks. You bend over. You squat. You cough. Mm. All of that. Right. Mm. And it's just fucking demoralizing, you know? Like yeah, it's not yeah. it's not nice, you know? And you got no choice too. Like if you if you refuse to strip search, man, they will hold you down and they will take your clothes off you. Yeah. Right? yeah they will they will strip you. Yeah. You're getting you're getting naked. Yeah. That's yeah, gnarly. Right. Um and so yeah, like you're given you're giving your bedding, um, you're given your greens, and you get told, Yeah, you're going here and a guard will walk you to pretty much whatever unit or yard you're in yeah mm-hmm. um and tell you all right you're in this cell usually an induction billet which is a which is another prisoner whose job it is to like show you around to show you to your cell or whatever yeah um will will show you your cell right and so the induction billet at, at port phillip was this murderer yeah right so me. like he'd, he'd been in jail for like 17 18 years yeah and so like he walked up to me and goes hi i'm such and such um you know i'm gonna show you yourself if you've got any questions feel free to ask and yeah, he asked me, he goes, you know, what are you in for? And like, that's a big thing in jail, right? So like, like you got to like prove that you're not like a fucking rapist or yeah, something when yeah. you go into jail, yeah? Especially, so yeah. people want to see your charge seat and people want to know what you're in for, yeah? Spe- so, especially in that fucking prison yeah, too, they'll be coming after you. Yeah, and so if, you, if, you're, if you're hesitant about like what you're in for, they'll immediately think you're a fucking, you're, yeah. you're a fucking creep or something. Yeah, and you're yeah. done. Yeah. But so anyways, like he asked me and I was like, yeah, look, I'm in a crash my car drink driving, negligently caused serious injury, reckless conduct and danger. I showed him my charge sheet and he's like, yeah, sweet. Um, and so I asked him, I go, you know, what are you in jail for? He goes, oh, murder. I was like, oh, fuck. I go, who'd you kill? And he goes, oh, I stabbed my wife to death. Fucking hell. 
Yeah. On your f- they've you just and got that's the there. first person I've spoken to. Yeah, that's Has there any are there any of them like cracking jokes like, hey, come meet your neighbour, you're gonna love him. Billy, he's a fucking he's a mad can he just <laughs> murdered his wife to death, but have fun with him. Are there any sort of those sort of jokes or is Um it- yeah, bro, look, I mean fucking one thing that I learned how to do in jail was laugh. Yeah. yeah. Right. The best thing Kinda you have can to, eh? Yeah, you you laugh through the, the struggle. Right. Yeah. And so even strip searches like I ended up turning it around on the people strip searching me. Right? Yeah, because there's like it usually example, lo- it usually looks bigger than this, eh? <laughs> yeah, but e- even even like, I uh, have how, how funny is it? every single time I'm getting naked, you're the one standing in front of me, you fucking suspect. Yeah, let me know, you know if there's any dingleberries and so, back you know, there. Like even even like you know when I've got to take my underwear off, I'll, I'll chuck it out. I'll think fast, you know, and I'll chuck yeah. my undies at their face. You yeah, know, like yeah. they get pissed off and. You know, like fucking, I'll shake my dick in their direction. Like, you're loving yeah. this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So, uh, you know, by making them as uncomfortable as I felt, yeah. you know, it helps you deal with that, you know? For sure. Um, and, you know, like, the, there are guards, there are screws in jail that just that just love to fucking make your life hell. Oh, yeah, right? They sure. just love to be cocksuckers. And so when you, when you feed that, like when you get upset and when you react to the shit things that they do to you, they love that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and when you react to to the shitty things that the guards are doing, like they they'll do it even more to you. Mm-hmm. You know, like um, there was a time. So eventually, when I got to Fulham, which is out in Gippsland, which is where I ended up doing the majority of my sentence, a medium security jail. Right? Thank fuck you weren't in the other one. For oh the yeah, whole man, time. fucking Port Phillips. I was in Port Phillips for like three months, man, and I fucking hated was it. There, was there a God. huge difference? Um, like what was the difference? It wasn't. It wasn't as like heavily regimented. Like you had a little bit more of a run out. You had more time out of your cell. Yeah. They had single cells. So rather than share a room, you had your own room. <laughs> Fuck. Um, so in that other one, you had to share. You were yeah. sharing with Can't. that murderer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, not with the murderer. The uh, guy that I, he was a drug dealer that I was in with. Um, actually, thanks. do you know, when I was at the map, right? So Thank I was at the fuck. map for like a week. Yeah. yeah. And um, my first celly, right? Mm. Fucking hectic dude, right? So I, um, when I got to the map, I got shown to my cell. It was a it was a two out, which is a two person cell, but there was no one else in there yet. So for my first three days at the map, I I was in the cell by myself, right? And I spent most of the time fucking crying myself because like that's in the middle of the city. I went to school in the city, not far from there, and I used to look at the map when I was like sixteen and go, "Fuck, I'd hate to be in there." And oh, I was yeah. looking down at the street where I had that thought Fuck. from my cell window. Oh, that's right? So I was I I was blowing my eyes out, but yeah. So first three days I was by myself, right? Anyways. I'm having breakfast one morning in, uh, in the unit. So I'm out of my cell. I'm down in like the common area. And this fucking Lebanese giant. Yeah. <laughs> fucking huge. Arms like my legs. Yeah. Like just a huge individual. Yeah. Big beard, shaved head, tattered. Just look like the most hectic gangster you've ever seen in your life, right? Looks like the Incredible Hulk. He's in all green. He looks like the Hulk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm thinking, for the love of God, don't let this guy be my cellmate. Oh. He's going to eat me. He's going <laughs> to eat me. And he walks up the stairs. I was on the second floor. He walks up the stairs. And I'm like, oh, he's walking up the stairs. Don't turn right. Don't turn right. He turns right. I'm like, fuck. <sighs> this is my cellmate. And bang, he's got his bedding and stuff. And he's standing outside my cell door. And in my head, like, I'm just like, Right, well, I might as well get this sexual assault over with right now. (laughs) (laughs) Throw the the tape on the ground. 100%. You know, I'm just like, I might just cop this now. (laughs) Anyway, so I walked up there and I was, I I tapped this dude on the shoulder like this. (laughs) Hey, mate, how you doing? I'm Zach. And this big, angry looking dude turns around. (laughs) And then 
And like my world's fucking, I'm like, this dude is going to pull me limb from limb. Yeah. Right? There's nothing. I was like 60 kilos ring and wet, yeah. 22 years old. Yeah. Like this was a hardened crim, right? Mm. Big dude. Yeah. Oh and so God. as he's turning around, right, he's just got this serious look on his face. And then the second he makes eye contact with me, he smiles fucking cheek to cheek. Yeah. <laughs> and his eyes light up, yeah. right? And he's like, hey, how you doing? I'm such and such, yeah. right? Yeah. In this big, deep Lebanese voice, yeah? yeah. And he was the nicest fucking human being. Yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah. And we were we were in the cell together for about a week, yeah. And you know, he he introduced me to all of his mates, all 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 devout Muslims, you know, prayed five times a day. Yeah. All yeah. halal, you know, and like just really, really incredible people. And you know, like they I'd go to gym with them and we'd do push ups and we'd cut laps in the yard together and, and you know, he he explained the ins and outs of jail. Mm. And um and him and me would just laugh all night, like you know, we had this little tiny TV in in our in our room, and like whatever was on, like we'd just be cracking jokes, and we'd be. I I had this fucking big dude in stitches, man. Like to the <laughs> point, like he's he's begging me to shut the fuck up because he can't breathe. He's laughing yeah. that hard, right? How good's that, bro? That's and um, the first little bit of light you've had in a while, yeah, eh? dead set. Yeah. And so, and I very quickly realized that laughter is going to get me through this. Yeah, yeah but like yeah. I, I fell into some dark places, believe me. Of course. But yeah, um, course. so like I got to Port Phillip, and um. You know, do you see any hectic shit there? Oh, fucking oath, man! Yeah, hundred oh. percent. Yeah. But um, yeah, like um, when I was at Port Phillip, right? So, I I had to go back to court and I got sentenced. And I got sentenced to four years, nine months, right? And as like pretty much a twenty-year-old, right? Four years, nine months, right. nearly five years sounds like a quarter of your it's life like so us, far. Yeah, like yeah. right now, yeah, twenty twenty-three. Yeah, I couldn't even so fathom. Five years is practically a quarter of your life. Yeah, yeah. That. and so that that felt like forever. Yeah, right. yeah. So I, I fell into this really dark hole, and I was at Port Phillip, and I was in a single cell, and like there was one night I was really going to kill myself. Like I really was. I, again, I, I dismantled a razor, and I was just going to fucking cut my wrist from my fucking palm to my elbow, and like just get it, get it over and done with. Yeah. Um, but like, and I, spe- you would have heard when I speak about this in the presentation. Yeah, this was a, a, a life changing moment in my life. So is this is this at the first jail or the second jail? So it was MAP first, mm. Melbourne Assessment Prison, and then I got moved to Port Phillip. Okay. Yeah. And so I was at Port Phillip waiting, awaiting sentencing, and then I was also there for like a month after that. Um, and so the two weeks turned into like a month before I went back to court. But so then after I was sentenced, I was also at Port Phillip when I'd just been sentenced, right? And so four years, nine months, I'm thinking my life's over. I can't do this. I cannot do this. Um, and so, yeah, I was thinking about fucking killing myself and... I um, I had this thought and I was like, what, how am I going to be remembered mm. right now? Yeah. Like they're going to hose this cell out. They're going to drag me up on my ankles, hose this cell out and there'll be someone else in here tomorrow. Mm. Right. Um, and I was like, if I die on this dirty concrete floor right now, how am I going to be remembered? And, um, and the answer was soul crushing because the answer was... I was a drink driver. I was a junkie. I'd nearly killed four people. I've been in trouble with the police since I was 13. I've been expelled from every school I've ever been to. I've wasted every opportunity I was ever given. I'd, you know, pissed all over my, my parents and everything that they ever tried to do to me. Yeah. Right? I was, I was infectious human waste. Yeah. Right? I didn't have a nice thing to say about myself in that moment. Yeah. Mm. And as soul crushing as that was, it was like, well, I got myself here, but I'm not dead yet. Mm. I can. I still have time to be remembered for something better. Mm. You know what I mean? And so I made a promise to myself there that I was going to leave jail in better shape than when I came in. 
Um, and I didn't know what that looked like or anything like that. But I was like, you know what, fuck it, I'm going to do this and I'm going to go to bed every day a better person than when I woke up. So that was yeah. the, that was that was hitting the basement. That was hitting the lowest point. Yeah. I've hit a few rock bottoms, but that was like the 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 rock bottom basement, man. Yeah, that's the, it's funny that you say that. We had we had a mate um, who had some some problems with drugs and he put himself in a really hard situation and he fucking went to hospital and and he almost died pretty much and he woke up the next day to having to see his family this and that and he had to go he had to go to a meeting and he i remember him talking about saying that he hit rock bottom and then someone else that was in that um meeting with him had said rock bottom's got a basement yeah and Uh, it does when i heard that that was like it was such a powerful thing to think about like because it because you can get just when you think it's just as bad as it is, you, life will come and fucking smack you down yeah. as hard as it can. But, and so that's the thing. Like I, I had this like real epiphany where it was like, um, I have ruined my entire life, right? I have ruined my entire life. There is, I have nothing. I am nothing, right? I am, I am prisoner 219197. That is me, Mr. Green Tracksuit. Yeah. Right. But so like that, that realization... Right, and you don't have to go to jail to have this realization either. But when you hit rock bottom, you have the ability to just start again. There's yeah. nothing, there's no reason why you can't. Your whole life is in, in shambles anyways. And JK Rowling says, it was rock bottom that I built the foundation of my empire upon. Mm. You know, mm. it was a, it's a stable foundation. It's mm. only up from rock bottom. Yeah. For sure. Um, and yeah, so, you know, I started training and whatever and then, me and my mum were talking and, you know, I was on a phone call one day. Um, me and my mum started talking about writing a book. And, you know, like I, I tell you, the best thing that you can do is have a passion. Don't, don't just have too much spare time. And all yeah. you've got in, in jail is time. It's the only commodity that you have. Yeah. Right? I mean, you've got lots of it. So, it's what you do with it, right? And so, um, yeah, I needed, I needed a reason to, to get up every morning. And so, I started writing a book. Mm. And now that I'm out of jail, that is published. It's Why the Fall and it's, it's available on our website and stuff. We've got um, it here. It's upstairs. Yeah? Yeah. Matt, have you yeah. read it? Yeah. No, I haven't. My mum has though. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's, there's, an audio, there's an audio book as well and an e-book, right? Because like me, man, I, I, unless it's a book that I really love, right? There's only a few books like Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas and a few books like that. Like mm. I really love reading. Mm. Um, or The Tattooist of Auschwitz. I actually did a lot of reading while I was in jail, but... Um, Audio books are easier sometimes. And me and my mum actually narrated our book. Oh, sick. Um, so you can oh, hear it in my, in my voice. Um, so that's out now. But so... So you wrote that whole thing in jail? Yeah, I wrote on loose leaf paper and I smuggled it into visits because they... Wow. they um, Because I was talking about um, my crime and because I'd mentioned in the book, you know, that, I, I, that I'd been thinking about killing myself and um, all of these different things. Mm. If if the prison had have opened the letters that I was sending out and read this stuff, then they would have put me on suicide watch, which is fucking horrible. When you go on OBSO, it's called OBSO, mm. right? And so when you're on observation, they pretty much put you in like a perspex cell, yeah, right? Yeah. With like a clear door and they essentially just put you in a gown so that you can't kill yourself, right? Yeah, yeah. And so you get, you, you stay in this cell 24-7 just being monitored 24 and it's, it fucks your head. Right? Oh, yeah. I, 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 saw, pe- I saw people going to OBSO yeah. and come out just fried. Just yeah, there was something broken within them. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, and so, rather than take that risk, I would smuggle um, all the loose leaf paper 
into the business because you get patted down when you go in. You get strip searched on the way out. Yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, I'd give my mom all the loose leaf bits of paper. She'd take them home, type them up on a computer. And this is how we did it. Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, so, so we actually caused so much fucking drama for the jail too. Once, <laughs> once the book was finished, yeah, my mum sent me the whole manuscript. The book's done, right? She sent me the, the first edit of the manuscript. It was like this fucking big, yeah? yeah. And she tried to send it in to me, right? And so the jail was like, holy fuck, this dude's... Because I'd mentioned, like everyone knew that I was writing a book. Yeah. yeah. And when they saw this fucking manuscript, the jail, because my mum sent it in, yeah. they go this cunt's actually written a fucking book, <laughs> yeah. right? And I'm calling jail out in this book, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. And so the director of Fulham came down with like an entourage of security um, and was like, I've read through this book and it was a big drama, me getting this manuscript. And I had to sign a contract that said that the, the manuscript would say in my cell, I wouldn't share it with anybody else. Yeah. But with a lot of huffing and puffing, they, they gave me my manuscript. When I got out of jail, Corrections Victoria found out that they had allowed me to have my manuscript and pretty much essentially allowed me to write a book in jail, yeah. bagging out jail. And the, uh, the, the, um, the general manager, like pretty much the, the warden of the jail, got in fucking massive trouble for allowing me to really? do that. Rude. So that was like my big final fuck you to, <laughs> yeah. to jail. It was like, I'm glad that has... Because it flipped Corrections on its fucking head. Yeah. The fact that a prisoner had been able to write... Um, a book about his crime, his time in jail, yeah. um, turning and his life around, even though it was a good thing. And because the reason the, the general manager gave it to me, because at the end of the day, the book's about trying to inspire people to turn their lives around, mm. yeah. you know? Um, but Corrections Victoria didn't see it that way. Yeah. yeah so yeah. It, like Corrections Victoria got turned on its head when they found out that I published a book and I did it from jail. From jail, yeah. How, yeah. Did, you know, how did you know how to sort of structure that book? Because obviously you didn't really go to uh, mm. school much, yeah, you know, question. in those later years and, did you just sort of wing it or did So you look, I've always I've always been a creative person. At the end of the day, it's not like like whilst I do creative writing, right? Mm. Um, I was just writing about my life, right? And so pretty much how I structured it, because when me and my mum first spoke about it, I got off the phone and I sprinted to my room and just grabbed loose leaf paper and started just started going. writing. Yeah. And so my my writing began. I sat down at, at my desk in my cell with a pen and a piece of paper. And I immediately just it just came out of me. I was like all I wanted was a good time. What bad could possibly come from a good time? Yeah. Well, I'll tell you. Wow. As a 22-year-old sitting in Port Phillip prison. Yeah, and that's how the books... And I just started writing. And so then I, I went chronologically from like the age of 13 over the span of my whole sentence until, bang, sitting right there in that cell. And I jumped back and forward throughout the book, you know, you'll get parts where it's like, you know, two weeks into my sentence, a month into my sentence, first year into my sentence, first Christmas, mm. you know, um, where wow. you go from me telling the story from in chronological order from when I was young to now, but then also just you're in the cell with me. And so it's like almost diary entries of how I'm feeling. Like my first Christmas, I just wrote like I spent, you know, Christmas Day just fucking bawling my eyes out on my cell floor. Mm. You know, mm. very I, raw. I made, I made brekkie with the boys. Mm. You know, we had fucking uh, French toast and I put maple syrup on it. It was like maple bake. It was really nice. But... You know, all the corny Christmas movies and all the corny Christmas ads and, you know, all that shit that that you... That's so cringy when you're growing up. Like, oh, you're putting up the Christmas tree and like yeah. all those festivities that like when you're young, you don't really want to have to do with family. But, you know, at that moment in my life, it was all I fucking wanted. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Hey, like, so when you first got in there and then when you hit rock bottom... Mm. 
what was the differences in your mental state right then? How were you feeling? What were you? How were you looking at what was going to happen until you hit that rock bottom? And then what changed for you? That's a good question, dude. So, I mean, look, this is when I first got sentenced, like this was the first time since I was like 13 that I've been sober. Yeah. No drugs, no alcohol. So I was withdrawing like a motherfucker. Yeah, like I was fuck. sweating, yeah. couldn't sleep. And again, all that trauma that I've been running from from all those years, Starting that hasn't gone out. anywhere. Yeah. That's just in me. Yeah. And so I'm I'm laying awake at night and I'm watching on, on my cell ceiling just a highlight reel of every bad decision I've ever made. Yeah. Every yeah. dumb thing I've ever said. You know, like when you wake up in the middle, you're like, oh, I wish I hadn't done that. You ever had those? Have, have yeah. those it's, it's like waking up yeah. after a big night on the yeah. piss. But oh, yeah. You've had the head noise. Yeah. 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 I had that for six months, every single night, yeah. all night, no sleep. Yeah. Um, Fucking hell. And so, yeah, and that was the thing. Like that started getting the better of me where I was really thinking like, I can't do this. Um, but yeah, I was like, I when I realized I had nothing, I was nothing, but I'm still alive right now and I can still change as much as I hate myself right now. Mm. I can change this. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I still you know, young. When I was when I was in when I first went to jail, I was convinced that I was a bad person. Yeah. Right. I was convinced bad action equals bad person. Right. Yeah. Um, and I'd been told like I'm a bad kid by schools and that uh, you know by police and everything. Right. But so now I'm in jail with dudes that have human barbecues. Yeah. And fucking stabby McStab stab. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like yeah. I'm in there with bad people who don't give a fuck. Like, you know, the guy who lit someone on fire, he told me pretty much laughing. Like yeah. he was telling me a joke. Oh my yeah. God. He was, and I like, and I asked him, I go, do you regret it? He goes, I just regret not killing him because I wouldn't have got caught. Oh, fuck <laughs> me. And so come I'm, cell and maybe yeah. take some pictures. Yeah. <laughs> and so I'm like, I'm, I'm surrounded by these people that have done fucking horrible things. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm surrounded by like two types of people. I'm surrounded by people that have done fucking horrible things and that feel bad, right? So and they've made a mistake mm. and they regret it. Mm. And then I've met people that have done really bad things and don't fucking regret it. Yeah, right? that's crazy. And two that, different types of people. That is that is hectic, yeah. Mm. And so I became very aware, like I've done bad things, but I'm not a bad person. Yeah, you're not you know like I mean? these guys. Yeah, yeah, I'm not like these guys. Um, and so it was like, okay, well, I am remorseful. Like, I have done a bad thing, but. You know, I do feel bad. I'm yeah. here, but maybe yeah. I, I'm not like some of the people that are meant to be here. Yeah, and it's not like I deserve to be in fucking jail, yeah? Yeah. For yeah. what I did, I 100% yeah. deserve to be in jail. So it's not like I don't belong here, you know, like I'm not mm. like these people. Like, yeah, yeah. Like I, if you commit a crime, you go to fucking jail, yeah? 100%. Um, but in the sense that, like I, I did care. You yeah, know, I did yeah, care and yeah. I did know what I did was wrong. Um, yeah. And I didn't blame anybody else, I blame myself. Yeah. And so I realized with that, like, okay, so I'm not a bad person, right? And so I started writing my book. And when I was writing my book, I was actually dealing with things. I was getting things out from, yeah. you know, from so thera- talking about... Therapy yeah, almost was, in was, a way. It was cathartic. I was, you know, I, I spoke about my bullying, how that made me feel and the effect that it had on me. And I was just doing that all in my cell by myself. Mm. And eventually, you know, I got out to Fulham and I started seeing a counsellor. Um, and I started seeing a counsellor because I went, to, I went to the med bay one day and I was like, guys, I can't fucking sleep. I need help. Yeah. I can't I can't keep doing this. And they're instantly like, all right, well, we'll chuck you on some sleeping pills. And I was like, no, 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 no. Drugs and alcohol got me into this fucking situation. Yeah. I don't want drugs and alcohol to get out of it. Yeah, yeah. And the so it was like a nurse talking to me and then a dude in the corner typing. And when I said that, he like, like stopped typing and turned around and looked at me like, what the fuck did this guy just say? Mm. Like he'd never heard that before. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, oh, well, look, okay, well, um, let's have a dig around the computer. We'll try and find some stuff on mindfulness and meditation and 
then at the end they're like do you want to see a counselor and i was like yes absolutely that was going to be my question was mm. there was there a therapist involved or Man, was there anybody that the therapist at fulham correctional center i won't say his name but i will remember it for the rest of my life yeah fuck that no, dude saved crazy. my fucking life yeah that gives yeah. me chills that's crazy dude that i spent months in that office just it, crying for a there, whole fucking hour was so there wasn't many people that got the opportunity to see him there's just not many people that wanted to see him. Yeah, fair. That's something yeah. I was going to ask. Not many people really wanted to put in work to change themselves. Yeah, okay. Because there's, again, there's still drugs and everything in jail. Mm. Alcohol's yeah. very easy to make. Mm. I made alcohol for other people while I was in jail because it's a commodity. Yeah. It's okay. a very simple thing to make. Yeah. And so I did like, you know, and that's, Again, it's it's a bad thing, but when you're in jail, like you, the covers are going to come back after you. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. But when when you're in, when in Rome, do as the Romans do. Yeah, yeah. And so yeah, you got to yeah. have you got to have bargaining chips. You got to have commodities. You got to have yeah. shit to get through. Right? Did you have to put up a bit of a hard front, or was the medium prison not so? No. So and like, look, this is the this is the thing. At the end of the day, you don't have to be a hectic person to to stand on your own two feet. And I went into jail, like knowing damn well I was not tough. Mm. You know, like mm. my, the celly that, that map who I told you about, the Lebanese dude, right? He's like a proper gangster. He's been shot. Mm. It's like, he showed me fucking bullet holes. Like this dude has more bullet holes than 50 cents. Yeah. Right? yeah. Um, like he, Damn. he was like a hectic dude. And so like standing next to this dude, again, this guy was a mountain. He could just rip me apart. Yeah, right? yeah. So I knew like going in and trying to act tough wasn't going to do it. And so like, you know, people ask me what I'm in for, who I know this and that. And I'd just be like, look, yeah, I'm Zach. I'm in because I crashed my car during driving. I'm a fucking junkie. Yeah. Right. And that honesty almost caught people off guard. Yeah. Right. And so I never went in trying to be tough, but there was times where I had to fight and I had to stand up for myself and, mm. and, and be a little bit fucking hectic. Mm. But, you know, I think it was the fact that like, I didn't go into it acting tough. Like, you know, jail is like very predatory in the sense, like in the wild, yeah, like lions don't go for like the big, wildebeest yeah they yeah. don't go for the big prey items they mm. go for the the young and the sick yeah. and the weak yeah the yeah. stuff that like slips out the back of the pack yeah yeah they prey on the weakness mm. and so when people looked at me and saw someone weak you know they'd they'd have like a, a bit of an arrogance and a cockiness about them like they think they they'd have it over me yeah the first fight that i ever got into was at was at fulham and that was with a murderer so he was doing he'd done 10 years at barwon and he was serving the rest of his sentence at fulham and um, we had a disagreement because I was playing my guitar one night. I got back into my music in jail. Yeah. And I was playing my guitar. And um, he was down the other end of the unit. But I had an agreement with the people in the cells next to me and opposite me. I can play my guitar until 8 p.m. As loud, sing, play guitar, be as loud as I want until 8 p.m. After that, just just stop so we can everyone can sleep. Yeah. So that, was, that had been the agreement for like a month at that point. Anyway, this guy is fucking peanut. Um, he's down the other end of the unit one night, fucking just after we've been locked in, like yelling out through the, like the vent at the bottom of the cell, like shut the fuck up or I'm going to go come get you in the morning, your dog. And like, I'm singing, I'm playing. Like I can't, can't hear this shit. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And, um, so didn't hear it. He, the, the cells got unlocked in the morning and still I'm very new to jail. And so I used to sleep past lock-in. So like the screws would come and unlock the door and I'd just stay asleep. Right? That's a rookie mistake. Um, and anyway, after the screws had unlocked the door, this guy came in and, um, while I was still asleep, man, bang, he's cracked me and he's, he's, he's jumped me while I'm asleep. Yeah. And like, I didn't even remember. He must've knocked me out while I was still asleep because like I woke up like feeling really dizzy Mm. and it was like, I'd had this dream of someone yelling Mm. and like, I looked in the mirror 
when I stood up and like there was a cut under my eye and stuff and I was like, what the fuck's going on? Like I just felt so confused. And so I walked to the cell opposite me to this old bloke who was living opposite me and I was like, hey brother, did I just get got? Like, mm. what just happened? He goes, oh, I don't know. But I heard, I heard such and such was like yelling in your cell and I heard a bit of something. And so I went down to this guy's cell and he wasn't there and you know, like I was looking everywhere for him um, to find out what had happened. Anyways, um, he was down at meds and so pretty much you had to walk pretty much across the whole jail to get to med bay to get your pills in the morning. He was there. And people were coming back from meds saying, hey, such and such is telling everyone that he offered you out and you hid under your blanket. And so when you offer oh. someone out, offering someone out is like, you and me, we're going to fight in the cell right now. Mm. So when you got drunk with someone, you offer each other out, you go to the cell, you punch on. And so he was saying, this cunt's offered you out and you hid under your blanket. Right, mm. makes you look like a bitch. Yeah, you, right? you don't want that. And like this guy's in for murder, he stabbed someone in the neck, mm. right, and they died. Mm. So again, he's he's a bit of a fucking hectic dude, crazy, right? Crazy gun, and yeah. so you know, I had I had a bunch of mates, and they're kind of like, you know, so what are you gonna do about it? And I was like, well, I've got to go on with it, yeah. And they're like, yeah, but like you know, this guy's a stabber, yeah. You know, once someone starts stabbing people, like it's a go-to because it's effective. Yeah, yeah. And uh, my mate gave me gave me a tool. Right, and so what he gave me was like pretty much a paintbrush. What he had, in, he had because he did painting, right? Mm. Um, but so he pulled the brush head off one of his brushes, yeah. and it was sharpened like yeah. to a real point. Yeah. So I had this wooden tool, and mm. so I had that in my in my waistband mm. just in case. And this guy came back from meds, and when I saw him, I offered him out to the cell. We went to my cell. I walked in first. He walked in behind me, locked the door. He goes, "You want to go on with this?" I go, "You've left me no choice. What are you fucking telling people?" Yeah. The shit for anyway. The, the doors closed. There's no words anymore. Like it doesn't matter. Like, mm. so anyway, we kind of. He's like, "You want to do this?" And like, we're already shaping up. And so it's pretty much as soon as he locks the door and turns around, I just lunge at him, bro. Mm. And I just start fucking cracking him, man, as hard as I can. Just I'm, I've, I've grabbed him by the shirt and I'm just pumping his nose. I'm just mm. pumping his nose, pumping his face, punching him, punching him, punching him. And it caught him off guard. Yeah. Right. And so then I've grabbed him, I pulled him towards me, and he's off balance. And then I've like pushed him, and I've pushed him onto my toilet, and now he's sitting on my toilet. And I'm just fucking pumping this dude, right? Mm. And I'm scared for my life. When I walked into that cell, I'm like... Turns you into something this different. There's adrenaline yeah. that's just Because I walked mm. into that cell saying to myself, if I don't win this, I'm going to die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have to win this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he wasn't prepared for that fucking smoke. I was in there. I was fighting for my life. This dude was fighting for his ego. Yeah. I was in there fighting for my fucking life. Yeah, yeah. Right? So I've got him on the toilet and I am absolutely feeding him, yeah? Mm. And um, he's, he's leaking blood and he's... Like he, he's starting to lose consciousness. And so me being like compassionate, I like got off him. I'm like, all right, you're done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This guy stood up and grabbed my TV and swung it at me. Right. <laughs> oh my God. And it's missed me by like this much. Fuck yeah. And I've, I've fallen back onto my bed. Right. And so I'm laying back on my bed and he's coming towards me with the TV over his head. And I've just launched myself off the bed and just booted him in the fucking head. Mm. Right. And he's dropped my TV and then I'm like, crack, crack, crack. My fucking tools dropped out of my waistband and I'm just punching the fuck out of him. And I saw that. And I was like, fuck, nah, I won't. Anyway, yeah. so I'm punching him, punching him, punching him. And um, he kind of keels over and then I'm just uppercutting his face like as hard as I can. And my hands and my oh, arms are jelly up. and like I feel like I'm going to throw up. Yeah. And um, he's like, I'm done, I'm done, I'm done. It was like, I'm going to drop off. I was like, you're done, yeah? And he's like, yeah, yeah, just let me wash my face. And so he, he like washes his face in the sink, yeah? And um, he unlocks my cell door and opens it. Yeah, The whole fucking unit mm. is standing outside my cell. Oh my God. They were watching through the trap. Mm. Oh my and God. And so he, they've opened the, he's opened the cell door and he's tried to wash his face, but I've busted him open, yeah? Mm. 
Um, and like, there's essentially not really a scratch on me, but mm. my hands are covered in blood. This looks like I've fucking stabbed this guy. There's blood everywhere in my cell. This guy was leaking, right? And um, everyone's outside the cell like, yeah, but like they're keeping it low key because obviously there's cameras and yeah, shit everywhere yeah, yeah, but like yeah for sure there is this quiet excitement right holy fuck zach pulled it off zach just bashed this guy yeah, right? yeah. Oh had and you had you started hitting the gym by that point yet um i'd started lifting weights yeah yeah um but it wasn't until that fight when i started because i realized how fast i started gassing out and that scared me yeah yeah um i became acutely aware of if once you run out of steam once you're gassed or once you're winded yeah. fight's over you're yeah, fucked you're, you're done for sure and so yeah after that i started training weights five days a week boxing three days a week three days a week cardio two days a week mm. so there were two days a week i was training three times a day yeah, yeah. Right. And I, I was fighting fit when I was in jail, 100%. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and so like, <laughs> what's funny is like, he's opened that door and um, the whole- How old was this bloke? He was in his 40s. Wow. Yeah. And yeah. he was a hardened crim. Yeah. You know? He'd done 10 years of Bowen. Yeah. Um, you know, that, that in itself carries some weight. Mm. Um, Fuck that cunt. Yeah, <laughs> fuck that cunt, man. Anyways, <laughs> and I did. <laughs> so when when he opened the door and everyone's kind of standing there and like my boys are like standing there like, let's yeah, go, let's fucking go. Like Dad said, if 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 they weren't trying to keep it dark, it would have been like, let's go. <laughs> That's really what it was. Yeah. Um, but then I kind of want to do that now. <laughs> yeah. This guy, this guy quickly like closed my cell door again and washed his face again, and he's like, he he got up to my face. He's like, I want to come and cut your head off. Oh my god. And then I was like. And like everyone heard this, right? That's he right, goes, yeah. I'm going to come and cut you. Cu- I'm going to cut your head off. And I go, come back, man. I've got plenty more for you. And you just hear this roar of laughter outside my cell, right? It was fucking hilarious. Uh, Were you passing a bit after that? Yeah, 100%. I carried that fucking shiver around with me everywhere I went for about two weeks. Because, <laughs> because, because Fair enough. That, he, 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 Fair I, enough. He snuck me to begin with. He Absolutely. got me while I was asleep to yeah, begin with. Yeah, yeah, Howard. Yeah. So, so he, you, you were waking up at seven then. You were setting the from, alarm from that then, day, From that day forward, <laughs> I was awake half an hour before let out. Yeah. And I was fully dressed, laced up, my shoes on, yeah, yeah. ready to fucking go. F- fighting. From, from then on. Can you have an alarm in there? Yeah, yeah. yeah. For sure. Okay. Yeah. You don't need one after a while. Yeah, yeah for sure. You don't Start need one. Up. You just yeah. wake up. because You hear keys jingling and you're like, all right, I'm on. Yeah, and yeah, so, yeah, yeah, I would. I'd get out. I'd make my bed. I'd get dressed and I'd fucking, I'd have my shoes on ready to go. Yeah. You got to have your shoes on too if you're going to fight. You don't yeah, want to be, no. you don't want to no. be fighting without fucking shoes on. Yeah. And like, and that's the thing. Like, actually, I remember, right? Because I had, I had these fucking ASICs, yeah. And they had like these plastic kind of tabs on the side and I like raked his shin by accident at one point and I took like a fucking sheet of skin off this guy's fucking shin bone mm. right I remember seeing it afterwards but um look at the end of the day he did as, as much as he was a fucking rat and he was he was sneaky he'd done the righty because you know obviously you know I had a cut under my eye and I had a fat lip and he looked like he'd been hit by a fucking car mm. his face was all black his eyes were swollen like shut he had yeah big big fucking gash on his leg from my shoe um and so, like the you know the screws when they come around and they check on you, they've looked at me, they've looked at him, and gone, "Oh, these two must have had a fight." Yeah. So they've taken us both down to medical and separate us, and they're like, "What's happened? Where'd you get that cut under your eye, Zach?" And I go, oh, "I cut myself shaving." They go, "No, what really happened?" They go, "What really happened?" I go, "I cut myself shaving." Yeah. They go, "What under your eye?" And I said, "I'm an Arab, man. I'm fucking hairy. Leave me alone." <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was yeah. in a rush. I cut myself shaving. Leave me alone. Yeah. They're like, so you're not in danger. I'm like, I'm not in danger. Leave me alone. Yeah. Mm. Right. And so he he they, when they'd asked him why he looked like he'd been fucked by a train, mm. um, he said that. You know, he, um, they had upped his meds recently and that he, when he, st- he stood up too fast and passed out and, and, and face planted. Mm. <laughs> and so we both kept their mouth shut about it. And so neither of us, yeah, neither of us got in trouble for it. Yeah. Well, yeah. Did he, did, did he ever do anything again after He that? tried to come back at me. So this guy was a Koori 
and so that Aboriginal, mm-hmm. right? And so in get it, we're back. Where's the dub? <laughs> where, we're back. where is it? Here we yeah. go. What's happened, you bad motherfucker? Yeah. Ah. <laughs> Joey, Uncle Diaz. Joey. <laughs> yeah. Quick intermission. We had to do a quick wee. We're back because yeah. <laughs> we're not a staff. We don't. We haven't been in a flight, so I do yeah, wee. Boys broke guys carrying shivs, and we can't even hold a piss in for two hours. So, <laughs> so yeah, no, nah, it's been it's been um, it's been mad so far. We're gonna we, we're definitely gonna do a part two, so we can 100%. talk in to what happened after everything and and we'll uh, next time i reckon we'll get very heavy into we'll, mm. we'll answer heaps of calls and stuff exactly yeah. but yeah, any listeners who listen to this if you've got any questions like before part two send them in to the boys yeah 100 yeah, sure. we'll, we'll, we'll put a story out saying that we're about to do part two and then we want we'll we'll hit it up and we'll get yeah. some, we'll get some mad questions going and i know zach that you've, you've you've got a lot more other shit going on in life as well at the moment and now the business ventures and shit like that so it'll be good to sort of dive into yeah and like some of look, at the end of the well. day like for everyone listening like everything that i'm talking about i'm not trying to fucking big note myself like i'm not a gangster i'm not a hectic person you know like i'm yeah I, i'm just a dude who's trying to turn his life around um the whole goal of me sharing everything is to try and show you guys that you can fucking turn your life around and every single person is Incredible, capable of absolutely incredible things. We're, we're going to run out of time purely because this man's about to go train a few blokes <laughs> yeah. because he's, he's looking fucking man. huge, man. That's yeah. why. So, but no, nah, it's good. I reckon. He just said I got big legs as well, by the way, guys. <laughs> yeah, so he's tra- 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 legs. Why is there already mud on him, bro? Uh, it's not mud, it's glue, mate. So I'm, <laughs> I've got big tradie legs, but I'm also a bit of a fucking spastic. All right, so, in, so let's let's cu- let's just cut it there. Yeah, yeah. Let's cut the conversation there. Let's do the yeah. bunked in. Let's get straight into some calls. We'll get into the spicy dick hotline. Let's go. That's the wrong button. sound. Spicy Dick Hotline, how can I help you? <laughs> let's go. Right, let's get into it. So eh? we love this segment. Yep. This is the uh, segment for advice. R- remember, hit us up with it. We just we just did our first skit on the weekend too. Yeah, we did. Which was, <laughs> which was <laughs> If bit... you've seen it, let us know what you think because it was a bit of head noise clicking the upload button on that one, but I it was know. good fun, mate. It, it was, it was a, a bit of fun. But yeah, yep. we'll hit up the callers. We'll give us some advice. Yeah. Right, let's let's go. go. First caller. Lads, it's Mr. Eat a Lot of Puss. Long time listener, <laughs> first time caller. Just want to put a scenario to you. I want to uh, normalize women booty calling men. Ooh, I nice. uh, recently got booty called on Friday night, was at the pub with a mate and his missus. And on the drive home, got the old, uh, what are you doing? Want to come over text? Yeah, and I uh, was rude to say 100%. no. So anyway, bada bing, bada boom. <laughs> Was over there. Shagging. Job was done. Cuddled for about five minutes. And uh, <laughs> she goes, I think it's time for you to go. Ooh. I was like, you know what? Thank I think you. it is. <laughs> and uh, anyway, got up, left. No hard feelings. We both got what we wanted. Um, so I just want to put it out there. I wanted to normalize and legalize women yes. really calling men. <laughs> okay. Uh, vote one for... Mr. Eat a Lot of Puss as President 2025. <laughs> Thanks, gentlemen. That's Keep uh, on keeping on. Not quite a question, but a, but a grand statement. That's very dude. valid. And that is, that is a thought-provoking... Uh... Dude, that happens all the time on this fucking podcast. We come up with a question, it's just a fucking statement. It's a statement. <laughs> dude, you sound too tough for a cuddle anyway, It's a very deep 100%. voice you have there, mate. Wait, <laughs> it sounds like you got in, you got the job done fucking quick, smart, in a hurry. <laughs> mate, yeah. I would... Uh, I'm all for it. 
you know, yeah, I'm I, all I, for I, it. Yeah, I wish I was eating a lot of puss or whatever the fuck it was because I, I mean, I've got a missus now, so I don't mind to cuddle, but. Oh mate, nothing. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Five minutes—that's a bit short for a cuddle, hey. <laughs> you know, I need a bit longer, me personally. A bit of touch. Two and a half minutes. Hundred <laughs> percent, man. Man, the second I'm in bed, I'm cut. I'm asleep. Yeah. I said I'm done. Yeah, <laughs> Finally, yeah, yeah. had a five-minute cuddle and, and we had sex as well. I probably would have only been there for seven and a half minutes in total. So <laughs> yeah, what is it? It's thirty seconds of sex, eighty minutes of crying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dude, that's what I wanted to ask you. Obviously, being in jail. How long were you in jail for? Like uh, just total? over two and a half years. Like, Fuck, what's it like? With fucking not seeing a girl for that long, and you're not you, a man till you've had one. <laughs> <laughs> you just cranking down every yeah, every nah. day, or it's oh, bro, all cranking like, it off. Is that what you mean? So, like, actually, cranking what's funny down. is like I was um at Fulham, right? Do you remember People and Picture magazines? Like, you get them, from, and that was just like yeah, naked yeah. chicks. You yeah. get them from yeah. yeah. So we could we, um Fulham was actually like the only jail in Australia where they'd let you send in those nudie mags, right? Let's you weren't go. allowed penthouse. Let's go. But yeah. you were allowed People and Picture, right? Mm. Prime. And uh, my mum being the absolute fucking savage that she is, <laughs> she Legend. bought me a weekly subscription to both of them. Right? <laughs> oh, so sick. every week I was getting two nudie mags in. And so like after a couple of months, they, they ended up actually cancelling it while I was in jail. Oh, yeah, you got really? too many like, nudie mags. Like, <laughs> yeah, political correctness got the better of those magazines. And yeah. so... They weren't around anymore, but I. You would have been distributing it like fucking. Bro, you remember when I said, you you remember, property, you remember yeah. when I said about commodities and stuff in oh, jail? So like in jail, yeah, like I used to like make brews for people. I used to cut hair, mm. um, and I used to like whore out my fucking magazines. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you go careful about page five. It's a bit of a stain, huh? <laughs> no, wait, and, you know that like that was the thing. Like, oh man, I had, I I barred someone once because I come back and half the book stuck together. I'm like, bro, <laughs> aim, bro. Uh, you go careful, come careful. On. You're crinkling. Yeah. page six and seven oh, are stuck together. Jesus, yeah, yeah, true. Yeah, they say three, like, three is company. But like, I had and I had my favourites too. Like, no one was allowed to touch. Oh, yeah, you rip yeah, them yeah. out, save them for yourself. No, don't rip them. Yeah, right, no yeah, way. Yeah, 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 so they they yeah. remain pristine. Yeah, yeah. okay, hundred percent. Yeah. That's gross. So, what do you, what do you think about the uh, the girl doing the? Um, oh, mate, I'd love it. Yeah, fucking go for it, boys. You got to you got to get overseas. Yeah, like I got mates that they travel overseas, and yeah. like when. Like over here, we're all Aussies, right? But when you're an Aussie in a foreign country, you're like, you're a foreigner. Yeah. Chicks love that foreign accent, yeah? Oh, for yeah. sure. So, Especially I, the Aussie I've, accent. And I've heard like in like Sweden, for example, like when you go out clubbing, like girls go out to pick guys up. Mm. And so it's like that, man. If you want that, go travel, man. Go travel. Go yeah. be a commodity overseas. Do you hear? You hear that caller? Head Mister. Mister. Eats a lot of. Was it? Eat a lot of puss. Eat a lot of puss. A lot of puss. Something. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Sounds like a puss. That's, head, a, that's a name to live by. Head yeah. to Sweden, bud. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> oh, we got another one. Let's go. Hey, Chiches. Hey. Shiv um, Dog. I <laughs> bet, um, bet this is long. Just need some advice on how to get rid of a guy for good. Whoa. Uh, it's a very long, oh, I'm full long of story, <laughs> but don't worry. This is a short bit. Oh, so fuck you, BG. Fuck you, BG. Anyway, so basically I went to Sydney earlier this year. I got flown there by this guy, Ooh. spent the weekend with him, had so much fun, got the ick when I got home, stopped talking to him, let him down easy, like no bad blood. And then at Strawberry on the weekend, I saw his best mate, who's a full-blown geezer from Burnley. He's like, geezer. Geezer. I'm fucking going one now, Shiva, you? And I was like, whoa. And he was like, mind you. His friend had tried to propose to me while I was in Sydney to get permanent residency. <laughs> and I was like, whoa, Rowan, how are you? Like, you're fucked. Crazy. Anyway, he's so funny. Like, I was just taking the piss out of him. Saw him. was like, oh, that was a laugh. Get home. His friend has sent me, I reckon, 50 messages asking me how I am, 
saying I need to come back up to Sydney, saying he's in Melbourne soon or he'll come down to Melbourne and all this stuff. I was like, well, relax. So I was just like, blocked his number, blocked him on Instagram. He has made four accounts since I've been back. Oh, my God. Oh, mad Trying to talk to me on Instagram. Yeah. How do I get him to just fuck off? Just Mate, say your name's mm. Lachlan Bound Grice and I think it'll work a treat. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, look, personally, I, I would say, like, at the end of the day, you're not living with him and stuff like that. It's very easy. I mean, you've just got to stop engaging with him. Like, 100%. you know, blo- blokes like that are very, very fucking needy, yeah? And 100%. so, like, you've shown this person a bit of attention and now you're he's fixating on you yeah the next girl that shows him a little bit of attention exactly that he'll he'll forget all about yeah, it he'll go chase the next one yeah there's a good chance he's yeah. going to move on to yeah. the next person so just way. just keep leaving him on red um yeah. just don't yeah. just don't feed into it at all you know yeah absolutely have your paintbrush ready yeah if have, he comes, have the paintbrush ready <laughs> if he comes out of nowhere yeah maybe, maybe send him a few nudie mags <laughs> <laughs> maybe don't do that because then you'll fucking get absolutely harassed but yeah but not unless, with you in it un- yeah well yeah, yeah, just you can't it. be in it. That's the yeah. thing. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, copy, yeah. copy, copy. But yeah, so yeah, I don't know. Just keep around the girls as well, like if he's, especially if he's around. But I just, just, yeah, and just aim for better, dude. What the fuck, man? Yeah, proper geezers. It, ah, uh, <laughs> man. Yeah. Look, any guy yeah. that you meet at a club, man, ninety percent of them are going to be absolute losers. I'm sure you can meet a nice guy any other where, any any other place in the world, you know, and than, and then Jazza from the fucking club, yeah. <laughs> and for him to just sack. You find out that he wanted you to, he proposed to you so he could get fucking permanent residency. That should be enough to say. I think, bit of a red flag. I think, I think also sometimes with girls, I think they take the back step too much. It's like, just go forward and be like, they try to be nice. Be like, yeah. fuck off, cunt. Yeah. Like, yeah, stop worrying about their feelings, man. Like, yeah, like, yeah. he's a geezer. Like, fuck that, like, cunt. I've, yeah, my, uh, my, my girlfriend's friend's going through it at the moment, man. Like, she's trying to leave this guy. And every time, and she's a really caring person. She's got a beautiful heart. Every mm. time she tries to leave him, he's like, oh, I'm going to kill myself. Da, 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 da. Yeah, and like, yeah. she was guilting her to stay with it. Yeah. And like, she's too much of a good person just to say, fuck off, man. Like, yeah. Sometimes you have to be selfish. She's not responsible for what you do. You 100%. Know what I, mean? exactly. I think, I think that's that's what it, and you know what? That's fucking good training for the next fucking dickhead that's yeah. gonna come out of nowhere as well. So yeah, just turn true. your fucking Ariana Grande on, yes. thank your next, <laughs> yes. get your fucking hair, nails, yeah. and eyelashes yeah. done, and yeah. off you go, son. Absolutely, F- few get fucking backhands, and uh, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, I just blocked the cunt. That's yeah. that's that's maybe one of the one things but as well. But then she said he was making different accounts. Oh, true. Yeah, yeah. you know, like, and there's a famous saying, yeah, right. You've mm. already got a pussy, you don't need another one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. go find yeah. yourself a man. Yeah. yeah. Hundred percent. Just, just steer clear. Maybe uh, I don't know. Just tell him you got a boyfriend. Tell him you. Da- tell him you're dating Beach, and Beach has got big tradey legs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you'll, you'll be sweet as after that. Yeah. Yeah, I'll like, take him. Yeah, I'll, <laughs> yeah, take I'll him. have him. She did say fuck you, Beach. So maybe she's yeah, not India, but that's fair enough. Oh uh, well, she's playing hard to get. Yeah, bro. You know what you no, do? No, Send no. her fifty messages. Yeah, <laughs> just, just, just like make a few more accounts. Make four working. accounts and just bombard her. Yeah. So no, yeah. Well, good luck to you, babe. Thanks for the call. Thanks for the call. But yeah, so we only had two calls this week. We've got through the calls, but well, we we have a third. We do. Yeah. Um, maybe I'll just play it. Up just play it. Yeah. Just get straight into it. Smash it out quick. Let's go. Lads, it's Jakey Tree. I'm currently sitting in the sauna at our Resilient Recovery, sweating my absolute ringer out. It's a good About plug, to man. jump in the ice bath, and uh, got me thinking. You boys uh, were smacking the cold showers when you first started the pod. Just seeing how all that's going, I'm pretty sure there was a, uh, a promise there was going to be one a day. 
but uh, we'll discuss that further. Anyway, I'll uh, love you and leave you. Uru, love you, boys. Uru, now. Well, love you too, mate. We've already had a call. Um, exactly, exactly like this. Exactly like this a few episodes ago, and I'm going to say it. I haven't been. Well, I'll do it for the Bunkton podcast. Cold showered every day. I've hit the sauna three times a week and three ice bars this week. So fuck you to everyone that's the doubters. Yeah, but where, where's where's the proof? Where's the proof, man? <laughs> we'll bring it where's in here. Proof? I'll do it nude. Yeah. We'll <laughs> film it. Well, you've got, okay, you got, you got to do a podcast. You get it on camera. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's it. Yeah. Actually, do you know, Let's go. I'm doing a cold shower every day from now. It's those time stampers. You know what we'll, we'll do? You know what we'll do? We'll get the mic out and we'll do like a live cold shower. Together? Naked? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. good. you can do. Yeah. Right. What's we'll a shower do. between friends? Come on. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, do you know, honestly, like the whole ice bar thing, like I love it when... I actually started doing it when I was in jail, right? And there was, there was a reason I started doing it. Hot water cuts out all the time in the showers in jail, yeah? True. And so when you get in a hot shower, you're all soaked up and then the water goes cold. That's yeah. fucking depressing, mm. right? Yeah. And so I was like, fuck this. I'm just going to have cold showers. Because yeah. if I can learn to enjoy something when it's at its worst, I'll never be unhappy. And everyone used to get so demoralized and everyone was so pissed off about the hot water. And like for six months, I just had cold showers and I was just like, yeah, that's, I just didn't just care. That's such a fucking good way to look yeah, at life. Yeah, if you 100%. can learn to enjoy the worst of something or survive through the worst of something, you're never unhappy. You can't yeah. be defeated. Hundred percent. But um, clip even, that. We're, even, like, we're like David Goggins up in this. <laughs> Stay hard. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's gonna carry the boat. Thanks, Jakey Tree, for that. You fired me up, mate. I'm gonna get a cold shower in. Every day this week, and let's fucking book an ice bath in next week. Tell me when you book a one, and I'll come. All right, handy, handy. Uh, you should go to Mornings and Hot Springs too. Yeah, because they they have like an ice plunge thing you can do there. Me and my girlfriend go there all the time. So they sit you in a sauna for like half an hour, like real hot sauna, and then you jump in like four degree water. Yeah. Well, Mate, we go to this place. That's what we do. That's what we do at Resilient. We go to yeah. Resilient Recovery in Altham. Another shout out. That's Those boys that, are legends. That's what Jake was just talking yeah, about. That's, that's where, where he was. At. I smell yeah. a sponsorship deal. Yeah. Yeah. Resilient I was talking to the owner about that the other day. So yeah. shout out to you, bud. Fucking yeah. <laughs> 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 Kano. No. Mad cunt. Great bunch of boys. 100%. But yeah, let's quickly. This is, we said last week, longest pod. This is the longest pod again. Let's By go. Yep. We're kicking goals every kicking fucking week. Goals. Let's go. And we, we could have gone for a lot longer. If you're still listening, you're a real one. Yeah. 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 Stay tuned, part two. I know we've got a few real ones out there. I know we're starting to get a few real ones we out are. there. We definitely are. So yeah. let's quickly finish it off. Let's give another Joey Diaz. What's happening, you bad motherfucker? <laughs> let's have... Let's have two song recommendations from you. Oh, could shit. be what you like now. Could be... What you fucking, what you vibing or even All something right. in the All past. All right, go listen to my music on Spotify. Look up Zach Jones. Great right, club. go listen to my uh, first four singles. Fucking right, go listen to that. Um, all right, my two song recommendations, mate. I've got to go emo, right? Yep. So. All That I've Got by The Used from their album In Love and Death, right? That is like my emo anthem of all times. True. Absolutely love that. Um, and let's see. I'm going to see Paramore on Monday. So I'm going to say as well, Misery Business from their album, Riot. That, uh, that song is like my childhood. Yeah, I hear them, hear them all the time on Triple yeah. J. They're actually fat. 100%. Go Random. listen to some good music. 100%. Um, all right, I've got uh, Polo G, Never Cared. <laughs> Very brutal track, but like it's one of his first ones. It's pretty fat. Give it a listen. Crank it up. Um, and then I have a, a, a Pop Smoke song. That is sort of like unreleased. You can find it on SoundCloud. You, 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 you a, listen to Pop Smoke, no way. Bro. I know, man. You wouldn't believe it. But not a lot of people would have heard this. So check it out. It's called How We Move with Dave East. Um, it's a banger. Fucking Get nice. around it. I'm, I'm just getting into the fucking heavy heavy raps again lately. So I was listening to some, uh, some J. Cole today. Amari, 
on his last album. Banger. That, that was like my favorite rap track of the year. And um, one of the boys, I know I should have known this ages ago, but Raman and OJ, yeah. that is a fucking banger. Join a Lucas, little baby. Yeah, 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 that's a full banger. So, yeah. And also I listened to Zach Jones, Extraordinary on the way here and it also slaps. So definitely go check out Zach Jones. On I reckon Spotify. next time what we'll do is we'll set up another mic and you can play a track for us. Yeah, 100%, well. bro. I'll Bring do it the live. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Hey, and just, just for the meme, I just want to be that guy who's like, oh, guys, I just want to tell you about the most profound rap song that you'll ever hear. Yeah. Oh, it's it's called Dance with the Devil by Immortal Technique. And like, that song's just going to change <laughs> yeah. your fucking Dude, life. I mean, we went so through that real. stage, man. <laughs> yeah. Everyone we, did. You've listened to that before. Yeah. You remember it? Yeah. That's yeah. fucking wild, yeah. that song, man. 100%. That is wild. I actually watched their fucking interview the other day yeah. where he was talking about it. And because like for ages, he was like, oh, no, nah, it's not true. It's not true. It's not true. But then he came out at an interview. He was like, no, it's completely true. And it's like, so oh. what did you do to Billy's mum again? Yeah. <laughs> like, what did you do? I know That's what fuck. you're talking about. I do know what you're fucking yeah. talking about. But All right. Zach, thanks heaps for coming Boys, on, man. Incredible story. weapons. Bring it in. Appreciate it. I just want to say as well, like with, with a lot of the, you've done enough self-loathing in your lifetime, mate. You should be very proud mm-hmm. of where you are in your life. We got a lot of love for you. Absolutely. Um, and this podcast is very much about getting different people on. And we've all had moments of growth. Maybe even next time, I haven't had an opportunity to talk about what I, some of the shit that I went through last mm. time. So next time, maybe even I can touch on that. But 100%. mad respect to you. Yeah. I fucking did not go through the same shit as what you did. And for you to come out the other side and be the man you are, you should be fucking proud. Yeah, and that's the thing. If it's I can incredible. do it, any, anybody can. But like, again, with all the shit we're talking about today as well, guys, man, like, I, I, I had to go see professional help and shit like that. So if you are going through fucking shit, don't don't battle it alone, man. You know, we lose we lose a lot of fucking boys because they're trying to battle demons that they should have uh, got some help fighting, you know? So Hundy. For Hundy. sure. So yeah, For sure. we finish off with our favourite saying. Don't blink. Don't blink, baby. Got to live in the moment, guys. This, don't blink. This shit's going so fucking fast and it just is. embrace it. Have love. Don't fucking blink. We love you all. We'll see you soon.